Hey there. I have two things here at the start. First, I would like to thank some of our patrons, such as Christopher Church, Kai Zatstrutsky, Tyler Humphreys, Gerald Carradine, and Jack Connolly. All of these people have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to help us out. Additionally, uh, last week, Gary mentioned a product... <laughs> Additionally, last week, Gary mentioned a project that he has started. I have also uh, picked up and resumed one of my own. Uh, so if you go to hexcrank.com, you can check out a recent uh, horror game retrospective that I've done. Um, and I'm going to continue doing these uh, in addition to the streams and things like that. And if you would like to support that work, you can go to patreon.com slash hexcrank. Um, aiming to get two of those out a month. Uh, they are longer form articles and also uh, video essay kind of things. It is a different kind of work than we do here at Duckfeed normally. Um, and uh, it's super exciting. I love talking about horror games, survival horror games, and that is a great way to do it. Uh, the Patreon's laid out pretty simply. Uh, you can get early access to those articles and videos, audio versions of the articles being read out loud. Um, and a place in the credits, all that good stuff. Uh, so if you, uh, take the time to do that, thank you. If not, uh, go your way and be happy. Uh, this will not affect Duckfeed in any way. It's just something to do additionally with my own ambition. So again, hexcrank.com, check out that content and, uh, see if you enjoy it. Cool. That's enough of that. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week is a special episode where we are talking about micro horror indie games. Yeah, it's Indie Horror Month. Oh, yeah. Last time we did Penumbra, and uh, this time we're doing other things. A lot of other things. Yeah. Because uh, a couple of them were compilations, so we are going to be covering a lot of little games <laughs> uh, from this. Uh, any individual one, you'll be relatively brief, mm -hmm. but these are all little kind of experiences. And on the whole, I like all of these to, you know, to varying degrees. Like I have a couple of issues with a couple of the abandoned cities mm -hmm. things, but for the most part, these are all cool yeah. and worth your time. Hey, so, you, you know what this episode is? It's your trick or treat candy bag. Oh yeah. 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 Except it's just Mary Jane. <laughs> I actually like those. That's, you know, everybody gets to like one gross candy. Yes. You know, I like Mary Jane's. Yeah. That's the gross candy I like. This is not, uh, at least not Bitto Honey. I am not so bad. I don't hate Bitto Honey. I don't love Bitto Honey. Mm, yeah. No, I, I find Bitto Honey very uh, offensive to my sensibilities. However, um, I will occasionally, uh, as a guilty pleasure, eat a circus peanut. See, I think circus peanuts are really gross, but no. if I ever see them, I do eat them because it's, it's <laughs> Cause extremely rare. Stop. Yeah. Because yeah, well, nobody, nobody likes them. Uh -huh. But every once in a while, they'll just be a 
you know, a big untouched bowl of them mm-hmm. in a room. And I'm like, ah, oh, uh, how oh, long yeah. have they been there? It doesn't matter. Artificial banana? Like, what is this? Like, what even <laughs> flavor is it going for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm much closer to Amish country now. And when you're close mm. to Amish country, what you get is a lot of stores, um, especially a lot of like mom and pop kind of stores that just have that one rack of Amish candies. Um, I don't know. I don't really know uh, what Amish candy entails. Um, it's just a bunch of old timey candy stuff. I don't think they make it. I think they just distribute it. I think it's a little okay. bit like a, they're a street team. Uh, but sure, uh, yeah. w- what that means for me is a lot of them root beer barrel candies. Oh, see, I, I, yeah, I can get down with those. Oh, yeah. Those I'll fuck with those all day. Yeah, I will. I will. I will goddamn destroy those, dude. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. I will. I, I will. I will eat them just inadvisably fast until I choke and die. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck up some root beer. Um, the uh, so, uh, but it's not the candy cast. No, it's the micro horror cast. And we're gonna get started here with one of the more substantial things we're doing mm-hmm. uh, covering today, which is a game called "I'm Scared," all one word, mm-hmm. no parentheses in this shit. Uh, or apostrophes, rather. Um, this is a game developed by Ivan Zanotti, who is an Italian developer. It's originally made in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, and then they made, remade a version for Steam in 2016. Yes. Um, and so we could do generalities about this. Uh, however, a lot of the special things are revealed through the course of playing it. Like This is an extremely kind of metatextual game in terms of being quite aware of the fact that it is a computer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that is where a great deal of the horror comes from, because at the start, it just feels a little bit like, you know, here is something of a beginner's attempt at making a spooky room where bloodstains sometime appear, right? With, yes, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, except it's got, like, this is worth noting, I guess, like, the, the 2012-ness of this, mm-hmm. you know, is, is worth uh, pointing out, right? So that's, like, very early for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, and this is, as far as I know, and it, it could not be the first, first is always dangerous, but it was one of the big early successes in that meta horror genre. Like, would you know, there's something like uh, Pony Island, Doki Doki Literature Club, Doki Doki Literature Club, or even something like Undertale. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is this is doing those things in a lot of really creative ways very early on. Yes. So you know, in the last episode, I talked about how this month we're kind of covering like a lot of different ways that indie horror you know, were examples of a lot of different indie horror uh, kind of movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of them. This is the, you know, a really, really stellar and early, if not first example of that kind of fuckery. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Um, do we want to give kind of a thesis for why indie horror is a noteworthy topic before we jump into this? Or not, sure. not, not, why I mean, indie, not why indie horror, but why micro micro horror specifically um, is, uh, is something that we wanted that we wanted to broach. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a good idea. I think we covered it. We talked about it a little bit when we first announced this, but we can mm-hmm. talk about, we can do it now as well. Yeah. It's very, I mean, just for, for my piece, like the, the thing that I like about this is that uh, two things, like one, um, a sm- this is the amount of time I like spending with any kind of intensity of horror. Right. Yeah. Like I, I love horror games. Um, even ones that I really love, I also feel like can go on mm-hmm. a little bit too long. Like by the end of silent Hills and resident evils, I'm not usually as scared. Right. You know, like something, even something like really good, like a Silent Hill two or three, like by the end, there's really cool stuff happening, but I'm just kind of a little bit inured to it. Yeah. So this, uh, by going at this kind of length and this kind of, uh, uh, smallness, you can actually shock for the amount of time that shocking is possible <laughs> and then get out. Yeah. Not feel uh, pot committed to have to build this thing out to what people expect a video game to be. Yes. 
you know, it, that was the other thing I was going to say, too, is that you can, the, the side part of that, right, so you don't have to build out to what a video game can be. It also frees you up from a lot of conventions that are just kind of true of games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the stuff, especially the, the Kitty Horse Show stuff we're going to do, does not have a wind condition. No, no, um, you just kind of yeah. go until the until the window closes. Yeah. yeah. Yep, you just kind of play play as long as you feel like playing mm-hmm. there, you know. So uh, that's not something you can do in a, in a, a six-hour game. That'd be obnoxious as hell, you know, but you can <laughs> yeah. do it in a game that you're supposed to play for 20 minutes Yeah, and just kind of explore. And that just fits really well into my life as well. There's like three things the length of these uh, do that uh, make them awesome to me. Yeah. Um, and I love these kind of micro expressions, like, you know, even when we get into the twine part of this, where you can really just kind of have a novel idea that may not support an entire game. But it is still a really mm-hmm. cool idea and deserves to be expressed regardless of, you know, how much time or how many resources you have to put into it or even your ability, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, it is just a fantastic way to just, you know, go and graze from these sketches that people put out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, without yeah. having to wait for them to, you know, wait for the oil paint to dry to continue that metaphor. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I really love a, a a really good expression of a singular idea. Mm hmm. You know, just and then this is that's kind of the the thesis for a lot of these. I mean, kind of varying, you know, something like I'm scared is pretty dense with ideas. Yes. Um, but uh, that's specifically true of the Abandoned City series mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, and my, my my dad, my father's long, long legs. Yeah. Um, my large adult father is absolute <laughs> unit legs. Get out, get out of my large castle. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah. But, but um another thing and this is uh going to be surprising for people who know me as a fan of Stephen King uh but you know horror novels are dicey whereas horror short stories are almost always going to land for me. Yeah. You know. 1000%. Look at I mean, that, Edgar Allan Poe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even and even somebody you know like and just you know Lovecraft is like this is the horror author I have the most cachet mm-hmm. with. Um you know, his his novels, like the things that are novel length, are really kind of novellas. Yeah. And they would be better as short stories. Like that plays in that, that length bit. Mm-hmm. bit even earlier with just it as games is that like horror is a really a great two hour or less thing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's you know, why horror movies work very well. <laughs> yeah. They're, and they're, they're fantastic. You know, it's like one yeah. of my favorite genre. Like as far as genre movies go, it's one of my all time favorites. And I think mm-hmm. that um, that's why yeah. it's just like that's the right amount of time. And it's almost the right amount of time. I think it's like the optimal amount of time for like anything, the optimal maximum, mm-hmm. you know, for, for like all things like I don't like, you know, most games cannot be that short, but proportionally, mm-hmm. you know, and this is kind of plays into a general preference for shortness. But like, this is a really good example of the strength of that, where uh, it forces you to kind of cut away cruft. Oh, yeah. You know, like none of these games have a lot of excess that I don't think needs, you know, doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's huge. Right. Like it's a, the, the greater percentage of your work that can be essential. Like that is a strong corollary with quality of work. Yeah. You know, yeah. as opposed to, you know, something where like what's there, you know, is really, really good. But like 40 percent of it is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't deal with that when you go on a small scale. Yeah. And that that that's part of a factor of why indie games in general, I think, tend to strike a very clear note for me. Um, mm-hmm. but here it is taken down to, again, a micro kind of scale and they're forced to be even less extravagant, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting to see too, just kind of in games, like watch the, the bigger budget games, you know, as you know, arcane studios, like, you know, says like dishonored is on ice and like those kind of, you know, 10 hour, six to 10 hour 
single player games are going away and we are in this land <laughs> gig- just like scale 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 yeah well like this is the thing we can offer like how big can we make this thing every game, that this comes game out is ever end bigger. yeah exactly like we need to make this you know a perpetual game yeah you know and that is the thing for the last like many uh kind of like big tentpole things i've seen or things are anticipated it just they've just seemed like this is the biggest thing ever yeah. you know red dead redemption 2 is the biggest game ever mm-hmm. you know uh, the new assassin's creed is the biggest game like everything yeah. is just fucking huge you know and you lose even in games i really love you lose so much doing that you know yeah it's uh it's that definitely it reminds me of how uh movie theaters like when they were like we need to get people out to the theater you know so let's do what can we do that indie game indie games can't 3d you know yeah exactly you make you know huge you make it something huge like you take Mm -hmm. something like hollow knight which is a pretty big experience but also in a million years you can't call that unpolished oh yeah like that's an extremely polished game so right now you know indie has been redefined where that can compete with the big boys on that scale Mm -hmm. and the big boys have to be like what can they not do yeah they cannot put hundreds of thousands of man hours into (laughs) you know something they cannot have small development teams spanning multiple continents like Ubisoft yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, we can we cannot mistreat people to a degree that it causes an industry crisis. Yeah, uh, you know, in order to make a game with a slightly better ratio of square miles, <laughs> you know, of, of actual walkiness and uh, and details that no one will ever notice. Yeah, you know, so it's it's interesting time, mm-hmm. interesting time game, and horror is is just riding the line really well on that. It's worth noting that horror uh, games in general still end up being shorter than the curve. Oh yeah. You on those. So like, you know, silent Hill, like I like, you know, I like those games. I don't think those are too long in general mm-hmm. um, just cause I'm not scared at the end. Uh, but those are also tend to be shorter games. Yeah. Eight, you know, that's, eight, you know, eight hour experiences. Yep. Six to eight hours kind of maxing out. You've like play resident evil Two. Mm-hmm. They do things to, to make it so you replay it, yeah. you know, but the actual base experience is like four to five hours and mm-hmm. or knows, you know, how to get in and get out, I think. Yeah. Um, the, the exceptions to that are very rare and notable. Something like Resident Evil 4, something like Deadly Premonition, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And they tend to be hybrids. Yes. Like Resident Evil 4 is a hybrid horror game. Deadly Premonition is definitely a hybrid horror game. Yeah. But I'm scared uh, specifically. This is a weird one too, um, where this is kind of over when you want it to be. Yeah, um, it you can you... keep going and keep digging, but you get a lot of endings along the way. Yeah, it's like an Eagles of Death Metal song. You can pretty much they give you so many like false endings that you can just kind of dip out whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Like Return of the King. <laughs> so uh, we, we're going to talk about the whole thing, but it also does something. It's worth noting, uh, and this is real. This is going to be a really spoilery episode, and I think all these things are worth playing. Uh-huh. So if you're interested in them, maybe wait to listen. Um, I'm scared just so you know, if you do decide to play it, uh, get all the achievements on the way to the end. Absolutely. Uh, use a guide if you need to, there is a way to get those, uh, stray achievements, um, you you know, without going back and playing from the beginning, but it is still, um, fucking horseshit the way they do it. Yep. Yeah. It it needs to be erased from the world of games. Like this (laughs) should, this should be illegal. Like you can't. Don't hide your true ending behind getting all the achievements. <laughs> we you know, we have like, deputized ourselves as the game police. Yeah, it is. It's just it's. And again, this is 2012, right? So uh-huh. it's like maybe that was maybe that I, wouldn't happen now. I, I think the ending that you need to get is, is so they, they they change the story and kind of the tenor of the game substantially. I think that the achievement thing was specifically added in 2016. So it gets oh, four, four years less yeah. benefit of the doubt. Yeah, well, that sucks. <laughs> you know. 
two yeah two years less benefit you know or like yeah yeah uh but just uh two years is not enough time for benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. it's just a t- fucking terrible idea yeah to do it like you know the, especially in a game like this where they the opt-in-ness of it is pretty strong where you can de- you know bow out whenever you want yeah except for this last thing right. you know it's like you, you can you can put in one two three four five units of effort or 20 yep you know and that, that's what it feels like it just uh and it doesn't add anything mm-hmm. the achievements are they're kind of clever clever but they're not scary or meaningful they don't add to the story yeah and the, and there are a couple that are exceedingly easy to miss one that is like basically a coin flip uh, as yeah, to whether but, or not you're going to get a specific scene and the other uh that says hey you need to do the, you need to do this sequence perfectly or else come back way later and try it again yeah i mean a bunch of them are pretty bad yeah like some a lot of them are just like the one where you uh god when you flip to the dark world or whatever you just have to hang out uh-huh <laughs> for a second like it's just like don't move for for a moment yeah you know it's like i this is that's bad that's mm-hmm. bad and this is so there's like tons of clever game design in here that i haven't seen in other places and then you yeah. do something like that um so if you're gonna play this way i still think you should use a guide yeah use you, um, use a guide uh so you can avoid that particular turd in the touch uh, in the punch bowl yeah yep turd in the touch bowl. turd touch bowl I, I, yep. that, that that turd in miss trunch bowl you know from matilda turd? yeah and i'm currently standing in the punch bowl um <laughs> Let's uh, let's get into it here with uh, chapter one. Yes, um, these, it's not called chapter one. I just structure these based on guides that I look at. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a guide on on Steam that separates it and figured, hey, why not? Um, it is broken up into sections based on yeah. when you'd get an ending or when you have to interface with the outside of the game. Yes. Um, yeah. So the game begins uh, explicitly by talking to you as the player. Um, there is some text that comes up and says, Hey, I'm really sorry. This wasn't meant to happen. I didn't want things to go like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and explain that, yeah, there are going to be some glitches. And when that happens, go and look on your desktop. Yep. Essentially, uh, under the auspices of having like an error log. Yes. You know, so when you make this game, it creates a folder on your desktop called I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're going to be messing with that in a bunch of kind of interesting ways. Yeah. Um, and it starts off and it feel it's it, super blocky Minecraft looking, you know, um, and it really seems like it's just going to be, you know, maybe some kind of room escape or what have you. Like mm-hmm. you're stuck in a room. You don't. Uh, and in order to get out, um, you need a heart. Yes. Uh, and you find a like kind of endless series basement. Yeah. Under <laughs> your room. There, there, there's a section of wall that's there. And then when you open up a wardrobe that is full of blood, um, the hallway to the basement uh, opens up behind your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you mentioned the blocky, uh, the blockiness of this, I, you know, it, this may all become a parody of myself and say the way that they achieve that effect is with a filter over top of basic 3D. That filter does something to the edges of things and also the speed at which new information is put on the screen that made me so motion sick when I played this. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that at all. Yeah. And yeah, so I, yeah I have no idea. I, I, I can get motion sick, but this didn't do it. Yeah. So. Just uh, want to want to put that out there to let people know it's a possibility uh, yeah. if, if your if your eyes and brain are as broken are as broken as mine. Um, but yeah, it is a really chunky looking game, which I think generally works in stills very well. Mm-hmm. Like it's got a neat aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you go down into this basement. There are a lot of doors. Most of them are locked. Um, you have to find keys, and that's a large way that the game's puzzles work out. Is they hide mm-hmm. keys and you know, either really clever places or, um, the keys appear after you trigger certain events. Um, uh, but you 
you know, open up this rusty lock and you go into a meat hallway and the pulsating as hard as there. When you pick it up, you get a blue screen. This is where it calls attention. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's worth noting the, um, there's a little foreshadowing. One of the rooms, there is a jail cell in it and there is this floating white space or mm-hmm. face rather. Yeah. Um, in kind of the middle distance, uh, that turns to watch you as you kind of turn around turn <laughs> in it. and, uh, that, that's, that's a, you know, a spooky touch, a yeah. white mask floating in the air is scary. Um, this is, that's an, a way that the low, low fidelity aesthetic works. Yeah. Um, you get this blue screen, you know, from the intro, Hey, check the folder. Uh, when you open up the folder, you, there's a file called attention that mentions this character Whiteface, mm-hmm. um, who is going to be, you know, that creature that we saw. Yeah. When you try to relaunch the game, you get this little text box that just says, do you know my name? And you have to <laughs> enter in Whiteface in order to continue. Yeah. It's like a password. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, next is an action sequence. There are a couple of action sequences in this game. There aren't very many. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of them. It's one of the more successful ones. I think some of them are less successful than this. Uh, one yeah. in particular, like I hated. Um, <laughs> but this is pretty, like, in you know, not interesting, but this is fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, the, 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 there's there's one bummer about this, and that's the achievement. So, oh, um, I guess, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you spawn in a car park, um, and there's some red graffiti on the wall in front of you uh, saying, let's play tag. Uh, car park or like an underground parking lot, I guess would might be more mm-hmm. a, a better way to say that. Uh, what you have to do is you have to outrun Whiteface as he chases you down, and you have to run over top of the arrows that are painted on the floor. When you run over top of all of them, the the door out of here opens up. Mm-hmm. I think like a kind of a first person Pac Man collecting you know pellets yes. or what have you. Um, if you get all of them kind of perfectly on the first try, that's the achievement. Yes. You have to get every once in a while, Whiteface kind of comes after you. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll hear this kind of uh, sound of it of it chasing you that gets louder and louder uh, <laughs> or fades depending. And you move slower when you move backwards. Yes. In this game, which is you know a subtle touch, which you know makes sense. Um, so looking behind you is discouraged. Yes. Um, it is. Uh, it's pretty clever. Yeah. And when he touches yeah. you, um, it just causes the game to dump to desktop. It just yep. straight hard crashes. Uh, yeah, it does but, something very strange, which is even when the game is like gone and down, you will hear Whiteface laugh at you. Yes. Yeah, it does a thing and it does some like weird tricksy things in this that I think are really neat. Uh, this is made in Game Maker, mm-hmm. believe it or not, um, where it, the, you will crash and then you'll hear the laugh. <laughs> uh, and that's awesome. Yeah, um, because the idea is that Whiteface has haunted your computer. Yes. Um that kind of crashing to desktop without any kind of uh, ceremony or whatever is something that Kitty Horror Show does a lot too. Yes. And I would, I would be very surprised if there wasn't some kind of like influence or some kind of direction kind of thing with that, mm-hmm. uh, with her, with this. So um, when you eventually make it, it opens up an elevator. Um, you get into the elevator and you get a message that says, I love watching you. Um, <laughs> and the game will actually open up a browser uh, in your thing. That, and you know, depending on what your computer does, when a YouTube video starts to play, yeah, I hear. And th- this is an interesting thing, too, because the idea is, um, you know, that the game minimizes or what have you mm-hmm. here. But computers are different as computers advance. These will all kind of operate differently. <laughs> uh, so mine did not. Yep, uh, my, same. my screen did not minimize. So I just had the audio from it and I was yeah. trying to figure out where the audio came from. <laughs> and then all alt entering my game to find a video that I didn't click on, like playing uh-huh. uh, is pretty superb. Yep. <laughs> like that that's a real that's, a, that's a, what a good touch. Yeah. Well, I mean because yeah. there's the, the, there's a certain amount there's a certain amount of anxiety that just comes from the fact that we live a lot of our lives on our computers and when they do things we don't expect them to do, it's a mm-hmm. little bit like, oh, like wait, wait a minute, why is my toaster on? 
you know, like, yeah. a, like, like who, who, who turned on that faucet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, yeah. um, you know, and if you're just hanging out and then all of a sudden toast comes out of your toaster and you didn't <laughs> well, put bread in. So, so it's from my commonplace book. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so, but here's the thing. That's like, that's not a scary story. That's a good story. Cause like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll eat some toast. Yeah. Just, just stick it in me. I'll fuck up some toast. Um, <laughs> Are you doing like a John Ralphio thing? I've been watching that. That's probably what it is. But I also just think I've been singing a lot because uh, Pocket's being a real asshole and I it's driving me insane. So I've been singing at him a whole lot. <laughs> so he keeps like his claws are getting to the size now that we, he can like just when he gets in my pants, he can mm. get through it and then also deep enough into my skin mm. to like not when I move, like he can stop me, you know, like it hurts and I have to stop and like extricate his claw. <laughs> so that, that's actually probably what it was is because I was probably, uh, calling him a demon and probably called him the worst mm. and then got that stuck in my head even though i wasn't calling him the worst in the john raphael voice oh, of course <laughs> uh, miss opportunity um but the super super great moment yeah well it just um, when just audio pops up of like a very uh so you know italian accent guy um and it's very compressed like how to play i'm scared <laughs> yeah. like when you go look at it like you know so this is something else that it does in-game content is revealed by watching these youtube videos either reveal the notes in that folder or when it just opens them up for you mm-hmm. yeah you have to watch them pay attention to get clues like it is a uh uh metatextual work that deals with different kinds of uh different media like a multimedia work is what it is actually yeah yeah, yeah. um pretty neat um you eventually once you get off this elevator you follow this trail of blood uh to get to a key to a gate Mm-hmm. And you're kind of in this area that is this like hedge maze, uh, outdoor kind of area. Yeah. That we're, that we're heading to that we'll mess with a little bit soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, you, you know, so you open up this door, there's something written on the ground saying one of them is lying. Um, yeah. And like, okay. So how many people are talking to me? Right. Right. Yeah. Two. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. And this basement leads you back into the basement of the original house. Mm hmm. Um, which I think is great. Like it has a little bit of that um, undead parish elevator feel. Yeah. Like, wait, you know, I'm back like, here. <laughs> yeah. Like if you, it feels like you're going to be presented an unconnected series of vignette, vignettes, but you're mm-hmm. not. Yeah. yeah. So this bedroom and the basement beneath it end up being a little bit of um, uh, like a home base hub warp world kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this, this allows you to get the heart and get back to the original door exit it and you get a game over yay yeah. we're done so uh, my dad's long long legs is <laughs> no <laughs> the story of the heart <laughs> um but yeah this causes a new note to appear in the i'm scared floor when you go when you go in and open up this note the game flashes back on yeah that's <laughs> just from opening the note which is great like it just yep. looks like a normal text file uh-huh and you're in this cage under a gigantic, huge skeletal monster. Again, no explanation for anything. It's all very low fi uh, but it is kind of like farger, uh, far larger and farger, far larger and more complex than some of the other monster kind of things you've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. Yeah. Um, when the game actually starts, you are you're in a house. There are lots of locked doors, which is fairly standard. Um, and you kind of go and check out, uh, the number, the doors are numbered. Mm-hmm. That's the, the spot, right? It, it does kind of run together a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the doors are numbered and you're kind of going semi in sequence. Uh, sometimes you go into a room and there's a, there's a door, you know, key number four mm-hmm. and go like that. Some of them just open up on their own. Um, and you can see when you're going through there, that white faces outside the house peering in from the windows. Always, always watching you. It's like the G man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah. 
uh eventually like when you go through one of the doors you reach um you reach his room you reach where whiteface lives it's this pitch black void with a chair and a noose you could actually see this uh when you look through a little uh slot in the wall back in mm. the basement um and this is very uh unfriendly because you're locked in place and he is getting like slowly closer to you saying isn't it dark isn't it cold he asks you if you're scared and then he touches you and then you dump back the desktop yep Yep. Uh, when you when you die in the game, you die in the game. <laughs> yes. The um, yeah. So the uh, uh, as you get, you kind of keep pushing against this and go back into it. Um, you know, he the the, the walls and the as you're moving turn into meat. This has happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it changes the audio, so you get that. You know, as you're walking. Yeah. Uh, really great. And you get back to the original place where you were. Uh, that's in this void with the chair and the noose. Mm-hmm. Um, you get there, and White says like Whiteface says he wants to watch you forever. When you get there to use that to kill yourself, it stops you. Yeah. Um, so you're not that. allowed to do that. Yep. Just like red. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, there's another note, I think, uh, that pops up saying, like, I have a lot of names. One of them is her. And her ends up being the main antagonist here of chapter two. You have to yes. input that in order to open it up and kind of like set you uh, set you into this part of the game. Yep. Um, early on when we first started the, the very beginning, the main menu of the game, uh, shows you in front of a piano and you can turn to the left to see like a list of options and you can turn to your right to see which achievements you have. Um, this one, they, you go back to that, but when you hit start, you're in that room instead of yep. being transported somewhere. It's a really cool thing <laughs> Yep. where the interface fades. I think this is actually one of the more annoying things where it says, you know, keep the volume, you know, stay quiet. Mm-hmm. And what that means is don't run. Yeah. Um, and I don't like things that purposely slow you down like that. No, as a thing, because you do end up having to do quite a bit of backtracking here. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a pain in the dick. Yeah. Um, if you run um, a white face who is now red, uh, he gets you. You get, yep. a, you get a couple of warnings, but then boom, right on top of you. Um, yep. Very creepily, like when you go down uh, this hallway that terminates on a locked door, you turn around, you see kind of this skeletal figure drop a key um, around the corner um, mm-hmm. and she's gone. <laughs> she, yeah she's gone um and uh this key um will lead you into a section of hallway that repeats over and over again so you run down it infinitely you think you know like, oh this is just a trick no you just have to keep going down it yeah which which is pretty is, is also kind of counterintuitive mm-hmm. to me like you know but but once it happens it's not an infinite hallway it's a five you know five or six length hallway yeah yeah um, so the door that opens you, up at the beginning when you get out, you get onto this rainy balcony and the woman is there. Um, you know, you approach her as you do the game crashes. A lot of times these crashes are presented with like a lot of distortion, mm-hmm. you know, Slender Man on camera sound. Yeah. So they, these kind of operate as jump on as jump scares. Like this is not a particularly jump scary mm-hmm. game. None of the games we're doing uh, this month are particularly jump scary. Um, but these are one of the few places where you will get that kind of blast of noise. Yeah. Uh, thing. Um, when you come back, when you reload the game, all the work you've done is already there. Mm-hmm. You know, so you died. You're not starting over. You're continuing. Uh, she is not there, though. No. And no. a piece, a piece of railing is gone. And there's a uh, key and a trail of blood yeah. you have to follow. <laughs> a, tra- a trail of blood leading down off of the uh, off of the balcony. So something got yes. it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, this leads to one of kind of the only puzzles in the game that's actually inside the game itself, not manipulating mm-hmm. the uh, the files. Um, you go down into a cellar. And there's a pool table and you have to input the number of different colored balls um, to mm-hmm. open up uh, to open up the access to this rope. Um, it's yeah. funny when you pick it up, <laughs> uh, you get an achievement that says, that says don't touch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
a little bit of that meta because once you pick it up, uh, her emerges uh, from a painting. On your way back, all the paintings turn into kind of 3D. Mm-hmm. She's like, put, like, out leaning out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Really great. Uh, <laughs> and then you are being chased. This is a chase sequence. Yes. Um, that is kind of a, a tight chase, uh, uh, chase sequence. Yeah. You know. Well- well, the, the the goal isn't the most distant place that you can get to. The goal is actually a rug that is partway through. You may run over it and like not even notice the interface uh, clue, which is uh, when you're when you're standing on this rug, and uh, an achievement dialogue pops up on the bottom right of your of your um, uh, screen, and says like, "Hey, you can exit here." In order to proceed, you have to stand. You have to stand on that rug and quit the game. Yep. And if you try to get actually to the end, uh, it just stops you. Yeah. Like, you know, it has power over you. So that's, that's how you get out. Once you get out, that banishes the spirit for a time or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you get the sense that you're confusing it by, you know, going back to the real world or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can climb down uh, this rope into the hedge maze. This is that actual hedge maze. It does does feel like geographically it's near the other place. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this weird thing where you uh, you get this sequence. There, This is real up and down for me. This kind yeah. of whole part in the hedge maze. Um, when you first get there, it's all good. You go to this window um, that you check on, and it's, it says that somebody who's trying to help you from outside the game. Uh, it says there's a here.txt file. And when you look at that, there's an ASCII map and a YouTube that you can link to from within it. The, the map kind of shows you how to get around. The YouTube shows you a fake wall. Mm-hmm. Like the YouTube shows somebody walking through one of the walls. <laughs> so you follow that. And what's on the other side? Well, it's another screen that says you fell for it. Yeah. So whoever has been helping you, well, the person who's trying to harm you uh, is using their same channels to mislead you. Mm. And then kind of funny, they put uh, real one dot HTML. Like these are the real directions. (laughs) And this is this is dot HTML. So it's not falsifiable. I don't I don't. Yeah, I I think I mean, I think that it is just as falsifiable. I think it's just, you know. um but yeah that's great i just i I love how they are trying to uh uh, undermine your trust in uh Mm -hmm. in whatever advice you get uh but this leads you to another fake wall um near this hanging white skeletal figure and now if you go up to this and use it it will uh put you into the dark world yes Uh, this is an achievement i was complaining about earlier yeah Um, if you just go into the dark world and hang out for a little while yeah you get an achievement Mm -hmm. okay cool i guess (laughs) um so you, you need uh, this is a really great thing though where you uh you have the key uh you get a key you go back to the lock and the key doesn't work mm-hmm. it's not the right key and that's the only one you have but this creates in your folder a file that's called like lock.txt which <laughs> you then need to delete yeah. from the folder to get rid of it so you have this kind of the things that i'm manipulating the folder manipulate the game directly feeling yeah. uh and that's one of the more clever touches in this i think yeah uh, and that's, a cool that's a little bit of a holy grail games have been chasing for a while um, like mm-hmm. we saw that a little bit in, oh gosh, what was that game we did for Epic Suffering Fjords? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yes. where, where you're manipulating those. Um, I don't know that I've seen a spectacularly good example of a game built around that, but in mm-hmm. terms of, uh, being a neat kind of meta puzzle, that's part, part of a bigger thing. I, I like that quite a bit. I do too. I, and I, and I think that, uh, games have had a really hard time with it and this is the level of kind of complexity where it works really well. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are pro, like there is there's programmic game. There's obviously uh, that one the Double Fine put out that's atrocious. Hack slash, uh, yeah, hacks hack slash, which is a garbage game. And then the uh, there's uh, not the the Magic Circle, which is kind of interesting, but just doesn't kind of go doesn't really go far enough, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go outside of the game at all. So it's right. a little bit less satisfying. Like doing things like that in that game doesn't feel quite as good, even if it's more successful from a gamey perspective. Yeah. 
like it's more dexterity it's more like a traditional challenge yeah it's just a different interface inside the game like you're casting spells with a different menu this feels like those um those like impossible games or uh, hidden my game by mom <laughs> uh, things where you have to kind of like laterally think yeah. in a way that's really clever and again like 2012 yeah you know that, that's neat mm-hmm. for 2012 yeah god i love hidden my game by mom me too i haven't played the uh the latest one yeah the so. one on switch is good there are there are some puzzles that are repeated uh but there are some that are that, that are new they don't have my favorite one where the uh where the game is actually in a in an iad like a, mm, like oh, an yeah, ios yeah. ad <laughs> yeah. yeah that's really great those are those are super good if you've never played those they're the on ios they're free mm-hmm. and they're fantastic yeah and even on switch it's like five bucks and that developer deserves it so mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> so you get rid of the lock um and this gets you into kind of the labyrinth proper the hedge maze this gets very creepy because there are these corpses that are uh that, that, that are strung about again by touching them you're plunged into the dark world this causes uh certain gates that were closed to be non-existent uh, what's great is some of the planters are shaped like women who are kind of growing into trees. Uh, one of those is straight up just a corpse that is shaped like the planter that is shaped like a woman growing into trees. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely creepy. I, this is one of those things where the pacing slowed down enough to make me less scared. Yeah, like what you're doing is you're collecting shards of a mirror, which will then give you a phrase uh, that translates mm-hmm. to something inside or give you uh, the translates the numbers inside a file, an HTML file in your uh, your folder. Um, most of what happens when you search the dark world is gates disappear. Yeah. So it's really just about creating a mental map of a hedge maze, which I think is kind of difficult and annoying. Mm. Um, so I just, it wasn't that bad, but I don't like mazes. And I, I spent more time here to where I wasn't scared at all by the time I left. Yeah. yeah. Like nothing's going to happen. This is just a maze. And like, you know, Oh shit. I, I thought I was here. I'm here instead. Like I understand the value of getting lost as a, uh, feeling you want to inflict on a player. Yeah. Um, this did not, this did not work very well for me. Yeah. Um, the imagery did, but the actual gameplay did not. Yeah. I hate getting lost in games too. Anybody who's watched me stream, uh, knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I was more responding to the cool imagery. Um, yeah. The imagery is great. Yeah. You know, it just, it's one of those things that reminds me again, you're not being super scared by the end of Silent Hill, like seeing mm-hmm. the same scary imagery for a long period of time removes a lot of its. Yeah. 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 You know, like if you, if you had, you know, a slender man or a shoggoth is like a roommate <laughs> you know eventually you get used to it you have to right yeah like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, i'm just imagining like you know i guess that'd be more like having a pet shoggoth but like making it conform into furniture sure yeah Do anything with that i want to take a mat i want to take a nap shoggy yeah yeah <laughs> and just it turns into like a probably comfortable <laughs> definitely you, know, you, you want to throw a tarp on it but yeah, but like it's probably got a nice like waterbed like consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you input the code. This gets you back into the hallway. Uh, that slit where before you saw the um, where before you saw the chair and noose. Now there's a grave with the word "her" written over it. Kind mm-hmm. of again implying that you know this is this is one of the uh, destinations you're trying to get to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Going back into that kind of house in one of the cabinets, you find a station key, which leads to this. Uh, yeah, this is this is my least favorite of the chase sequences here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah this, this is this is actually garbage. Yeah, this is the, this is a piece of poop laid on top of a radiator. Yeah, this this is extremely bad. Um, you're in like some kind of grid maze, hospitaly thing. Yeah, being chased by uh, by her, 
uh, ghosts fall down from the ceiling, ceiling to distract you, and you're trying to follow audio clues yeah. to find uh, these kind of Victrolas, these record players that are on the ground, and and you know get to those. Um, it's extremely difficult. The way the sound the sound design in this game isn't good enough yeah. to echolocate. Yeah, uh, the sound uh, will cut out as well. Um, yeah, and it's like there there's not enough there's not enough stereo separation on it, I think, and also like the gradient of quiet to loud is not wide enough. It's not smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I played this and I was having a problem with it, and then I tried it with headphones, and I still was not any more successful really. Yeah. So it just took like a bunch of tries and is, is kind of a pain in the dick and not that interesting. And it's the second chase they've done. Yeah. You know, this probably should have been cut. We t- we talked a lot about things, you know, they're not being a lot of fan in these games. There's still less than like a lot of other games, but this is probably something that I would have cut. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't, I didn't care for this one bit. I'm sorry. I mentioned a piece of poop on the radiator radiator after mis- uh, mentioning a piece of poop in a punch bowl. I don't know why yeah. I'm fixated, but just on the pieces, <laughs> just the pieces. Yeah. Um, pieces, pieces. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the sound that that body makes when it appears, though. Those puppets or whatever, because it's just like a beep, beep kind of yeah. sounds like a beep. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this gets you a key that takes you to a to a subway platform. Uh, and this is another one of these meta puzzles uh, that actually I, I thought I was going to fuck something up on my computer because I've never really like you never manipulate your system clock anymore. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. you do that, games complain at you. But w- what you see on on here is there's a uh, a timetable. So like you know, work is at seven thirty, home is at eight forty five, and then truth is at zero zero. So what you end up having to do is um, set your system clock, like go out into Windows uh, to those different times. Uh, for the first two, you get like you know fun little tickets and the achievement. Uh, but you have to set your clock to midnight in order to make the train actually appear. Yeah. Or presumably you could play it at midnight as well. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's based on the system shock, which is a cool idea, but I didn't want to wait. So I just said, I think that the the puzzle is setting it, but Mm -hmm. I imagine it would get around it, which is kind of neat. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what's funny is like you set that and then uh, one one thing you need to do, you need to get in and uh, look at a note and then go into your folder within a minute. Otherwise, there's a little bit of flavor text that uh, Whiteface straight up just deletes. So it spawns Mm. and then goes away after a minute. So like yeah. there's a wrestle, there's something like a um, a struggle for control mm-hmm. over your folder. Yeah, yeah. You get you get into the, the train. It says, "I hope you reach a spot within a minute." Um, and there is a final will, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a file that you only have a minute to read before mm-hmm. the game deletes it, which is pretty neat. Yeah. I wonder if it can delete it while it's open. Um, that would be baller as hell. I don't know if it can do that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't that'd know. Be, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um. Kind of, this kind of weird, like you're, you're inside the car. Um, there is uh, a bed here um, and you go back and forth uh, on either side of the bed and it gets bigger. It happens. What's kind of cool is it's subtle enough that where you're not totally sure if it's actually happening because of mm-hmm. the level of fidelity. Yeah. Um, but eventually you do this and this is what stops the car and allows you to approach her there at the end. <laughs> like when we say it, like it inflates the bed, um, it, like there's this growth that is happening under the, under the comforter. It almost looks like somebody's popping Jiffy pop under there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, this stops the car and you go out, um, and her, you know, turns to face you. Um, and again, you reboot. And when you come back in, you're in a graveyard. Um, and this is going to be the final confrontation with her. Uh, the screen mentions giving you something, a revolver, but it has no bullets. Um, and you approach her at this grave 
She says, you made me think about life, about appearance. I change bit by bit. I don't like it. Six will do. Yeah. Yep. And then you are in like a boss fight. <laughs> uh, and, you you know, your gun doesn't have any bullets. It's very difficult to to use. Um, so you have to actually leave the game and go into your .ini file and change the revolver bullet value <laughs> to however many you, you want. And you can do tons. Like, yeah. I went hog wild. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, um, my, my favorite thing about this file, uh, the value for bullets, uh, it is precise down to like, I think, six decimal points. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so like six your, and one millionth bullets. Yep. Give yourself a little bit of extra because it's kind of hard to aim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, also like a thing that's tricky about this. She is, she moves faster than you, uh, when you're moving backwards, but you can outrun her when you're moving forwards. My instinct was to just take shots at her as I was backing away. No, she'll get to you. What you have to do is get, uh, get, get a lead on her. Um, mm-hmm. turn around and then wait for her to get within range fire and then get more distance and do it that way. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, and you want it, you, you kill her over the grave where she's here, uh, and it rains blood down and there is a loud droning sound that appears <laughs> as this is happening. When you final, uh, fire the final shot, um, you actually separate from yourself. The camera moves away from the avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, and this was whiteface. You were controlling whiteface. Yes. Uh, holding the gun. Yeah, and it looks super goofy because it is just his flat sprite um, holding yeah. the, holding the 3D gun. Something that I love about these lo-fi horror games, this happens in Kitty Horror Show stuff as well. Um, it's just a way that things are rendered in this. I don't know if it's a necessity or if it is uh, an homage to Doom. But you have the 3D space, but then the sprite objects uh, that are in the world and the way they're rendered, they always face you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way that it articulates a lot of stuff is that white face is always looking at you. Her is always looking at you. If there's a statue in the area, it will kind of always be turning to face you. Yeah, it's, it's used a really good effect. I really early on in comrade, we covered a game called uh, in the kingdom, uh-huh. which I really like, which was kind of a demo made that was never followed up upon. Yeah. It's like a three level, uh, doom horror doom kind of experience mm-hmm. that uses that to really good effect. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was bummed out that that never came to anything. Yeah, me too. Um, after you uh, get that, you get another credits. Um, it puts you back in that piano room. And if you head past that balcony, um, everything goes white. And we enter into kind of chapter three. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the very end game. Um, and again, like that could suffice as a uh, as an ending. You know, just mm-hmm. that white face has been using you to get at her. But there's more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start the game up. Um, and the menu uh, is overlaid over Whiteface's room. Again, the, you know, the chair with the noose and that black void. Um, and when you start, you're back at the beginning of the game in that bedroom. Uh, so you go grab the heart. It's just you know opened up. And it boots you, in, and you need to type the developer's name to get back in. Like you had to look at the credits to determine <laughs> to determine yeah. what you need to put here. It, and it's, it's pretty subtle. It never really, like, I write tells you this. Mm-hmm. You know, it never says, like, you know, I am also known as... You know, it doesn't do it like the, the other two times, mm-hmm. but unlocking the developer, like actually who you're, you're kind of sparring with unlocks this actual final game. Yeah. Uh, there's a really kind of this is a kind of a clever extended puzzle here where you're in a grocery store uh, going back and forth. And what's kind of neat is you control by exiting and reentering the game. Uh, that is what leaves and enters the, the store. So every other yeah. time you uh, it's persistent when you shut down the game, every other time you enter it, you kind of have a different starting position. Mm hmm. 
uh, and you kind of go in and out. And in the fiction of the game, you're controlling uh, two people who work there on different shifts, <laughs> so essentially. Good. Like, yeah. yeah. So like you, you have to log out of the game to control the next shift, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. You have a to-do list uh, that requires you to, you know, uh, mail a letter and send off a send off a packet of data etc and to accomplish this like there's a like a letter cutter that you have to um or a paper cutter you have to get outside well how do you do that well you drop it into the trash you quit the game you open it up you're in the next shift and it is you know sitting by the trash can outside because they took the trash out mm-hmm. yeah. yeah pretty neat mm-hmm. but you use that to cut the power and then eventually you upload all of your data to something called i'm scared yeah yep this makes a new folder up here um, this has a link to another video, a very short one of her, uh, and some kind of flashing numbers. Uh, so you have to actually <laughs> slow it down using YouTube. Looking at those corresponding files, uh, you can see, uh, take me to the door is the password for the end game that those numbers translate to. Yeah. Um, if you use that, you get into a very kind of weird <laughs> section of the game that it is like turns kind into of a, con- a video game. <laughs> yeah. A conveyor belt. Like you're kind of in a conveyor belt void, a very <laughs> video game way with steam shooting up and you have to get these three valves. Mm-hmm. The, this final location the the conveyor belts act really erratically like mm-hmm. sometimes you can push against them sometimes you can't yeah um this is another thing i think it's kind of a, or just not done as well as it could be yeah you know and it is so ascent like so overwhelmingly gamey that it feels weird mm-hmm. here yeah you know? it's very much out of out of place um there is one thing so they do a, kind of a final chase sequence on you uh where you have to run down these long corridors until you eventually um you know you have to grab a key to open your way forward um, and as you go, you're kind of going in and out of different fragments of places you've been before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still a chase. And, you know. Yep. Um, and this is the ending choice. And then once you get through that, you get to the ending choice of the game. Yeah. Um, well, you're, you're assuming in... you got all the achievements. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, you get there. The white face is there. You can give him. You have a red flower. Kind of, You can pick up and you can give to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the intro. Or you can go through this door and try to delete him. Yeah. And get rid of him. <laughs> If you give him the flower, he says, oh, I love you. I'm going to watch you and we're going to play forever. Um, if you go through the door, he takes a dark turn. Yeah. Yep. And that's the the ending that is unlocked is the door. Yes. You know, essentially, um, you know, he freaks out. The, the camera goes crazy. And then it puts you back into a black and white version of the starting the very starting bedroom. Anytime you kind of do something, he glitches through his forms and surrounds you and makes a really loud, loud noise and crashes the game. Mm hmm. And it's really scary. Like he's begging you for you not to kill him. And then yeah. eventually that becomes messages written on the walls. <laughs> so this whole thing, like, you know, Whiteface has been creepy, but not outright like malevolent. Right. Um, his whole deal so far has been he, uh, you know, is an entity that has been turned into data and he is just overjoyed that he has somebody to watch that he has mm-hmm. you here, you know, to play with. Um, and he kind of like, you get the sense, at least in, in his version of things that he doesn't understand how upsetting what he's doing is, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to go cause he's taking control of your computer. Um, and so he is, you know, eventually just begging for his life because all he wants is to spend time with you. Yeah. Yep. And kind of a kitty, you know, like th- that's a pretty well-worn trope, mm-hmm. like, you know, a demon or what have you, or a monster that doesn't realize it's a monster, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but you've know, done pre- pretty well here. Yeah. Um, you just have to keep at it. Um, you keep reloading the game, keep re- reloading the game. He keeps stopping and killing you uh, until eventually uh, his heart appears in the folder, which you have to go delete. Yes. 
uh, and that removes them from your system. And as opposed to it deleting the game or making it so you couldn't play, the game still exists. Uh, you can go into it, <laughs> but every area is, it's free of monsters and lit like daylight. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you just want to walk around a parking garage or, or a hedge maze, you can. Yeah. And that's that's the end of the game. There's not, you know, an ending that is it ever goes away. You just got rid of the demonic presence and left mm-hmm. bad Proteus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, like there's something that's kind of creepy about that to me, which is, you know, if your goal was to escape, if that's what your idea was, well, escape has been barred forever. You are just locked in this lifeless void. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but you got this this demon off your computer. Yeah, so it's still a happy ending, mm-hmm. ostensibly. So yeah, and that and that's I'm scared. Uh, the whole thing, if you do all of the stuff, it's a little like two hours, maybe a little bit longer mm-hmm. than that. Um, and extra time if you have to go back into achievements, which I had to do. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like it is pretty svelte, and does a lot of really neat things really early on. Yeah. So. No, I mean, like, I, I kind of blew my wad a little bit earlier when I talked about, like, oh, you live in your computers and something happening without you asking it to is, you know, kind of like, uh, why is that life flashing? That's not, mm-hmm. that is not supposed to be, you know, that is the thing of horror movies. You know, that is a poltergeist. That is a, a lingering spirit um, affecting a place that you hold dear. Um, and this does an amazing job of, you know, kind of uh, making you engage with your computer on that level. Yeah, which is the medium of the game. Yep. You know, which is what's interesting about it, you know, as opposed to, you know, any any computer game is changing your computer. Well, yeah, but that's... <laughs> the, the whole idea of immersion is that you're ignoring the screen. You're ignoring the artifice like the, the goal for most games is to have a direct connection between the avatar on screen and your hands. Mm-hmm. And this game is uh, setting fire and pouring blood all over the actual connected tissue between those two things. Yeah. You know, which is actually your PC. You know, and, and this has gotten more resonant. Like, I, I played this a long time ago. Will uh, Hughes is the one who turned me on to this. And, like, mm-hmm. it's gotten more resonant to me now that I am much more likely to play a game and pop away and look at other stuff. <laughs> you know, so, like, incorporating that into a game space is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. It made me feel a little bit yearning for a good example of um, whatever that game was that, like, sent you faxes. Majestic. I was going to raise the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It made me, it makes me on a good version of that. <laughs> so, qu- cool shit. Um, as far as I know, this person never did anything else. Yeah. Which is a weird thing, you know? Like, I'd expect them to go on to make other things, and they, as far as I know, they did not. If you go and look, there are people, like, he he has talked about or rumbled about doing a sequel or a spiritual successor. Uh, mm. Just, you know, and, and over the course of the two years since the re-release, um, nothing really concrete has come out. Yeah. Yeah, his Twitter is a lot of him, like, playing uh, Mega Man and other indie games. Yeah. So, Cool. Yeah, uh, I like it. <laughs> so moving on uh, to our kind of uh, longer suite here on Kitty Horror Show Games. Yeah. Um, so Kitty Horror Show, how did you first find out about her? Uh, from a video that Aaron Signal did about anatomy. Okay. Um, and I didn't play anatomy. I just saw the I saw the kind of aesthetics and he, he said it was spoilerly, like you should play it. And then we did it on Comrade. Okay. I took a plunge on anatomy, but anatomy and these are the only ones I played. Okay. Um, I found out about Kitty Horror Show when Video Games Hot Dog did, did anatomy as well. So I mm-hmm. think it's safe to say that anatomy was kind of her, her breakthrough hit, even though she had been doing stuff uh, well before that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And anatomy, I think, is actually a really good example. You know what she does. Like anatomy is not that different than any of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more goal focused. It's a little bit more kind of resonant, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I may keep saying she. I don't actually I'll try to say they. I think it's one person, though. And that's why I want to singularize it. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. article that I read um, identifies her as she. There's very little biographical information about her. Um, mm-hmm. Other than kind of her past or her past in um, playing video games uh, and yeah. kind of her influences and, you know, kind of her progression from uh, being a Twine developer to kind of hitting up against the uh, limitations of that and then learning Unity. Yeah, like finding, you know, somebody who is explicitly only interested in games as kind of a high art form mm-hmm. expression, you know, finding a, a way to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with everything. So she, these games, she has two packs uh, called Abandoned Cities or Haunted Cities, rather. Yeah. Haunted Cities uh, one and then volume two. Yep. Uh, that are free mm-hmm. on uh, on her HIO page um, as just kind of a demo of, of her deal. And like I said, this does feel like this shares a lot of anatomy or a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, shares a lot of anatomy <laughs> with anatomy. Yep. Um, the, uh, and, and kind of, it feels like kind of, you know, there are a lot of signifiers are kind of calling cards, mm-hmm. these, these works. Um, but this kind of, Bump, put the player in a strange space yeah. and just let them kind of go mm-hmm. uh, is the, the common theme to these. Yes. Um, like some of these have end, con- end conditions. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. And all of them are just you in an unusual space left to walk around from anywhere between 20 and 40 minutes Yeah, and try to do all the things and get a mood as opposed to necessarily an, a concrete narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So like these are horror because of the atmosphere that they lay on and because, you know, there is disturbing and unexpected imagery uh, that is kind of presented, but it is, it is very much, uh, you know, kind of this dreamlike fugue almost that you're put in. Uh, yep. There was a great quote. I think it was like maybe a slate article or something where she says, yeah, locations don't have endings. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why my games don't like I just I want to make cool places because that's that's what made you know that's what I like about working in Unity. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you a little like way back in like the Bloodlines thing where you talked about wanting just a compilation of haunted houses. Mm-hmm. You know, as a game, this is as close as we've got to that. Yeah. You know, like we you know played the the haunted house in Bloodlines, which is great and much more gamey than these. Mm-hmm. But just like I would pay for a commercial release that was ten of these you know, much more polished, just unusual, weird locations. Like I ended up really loving this mm-hmm. as an experience of just going on this tour yeah. of haunted cities. Yeah. You know, they're not, I don't like them all equally, but I just really liked it as an experience of just 20 minute kind of blam, blam, blam. <laughs> Here's a weird place with kind of a premise and kind of a suggestion of something scary. Yeah. Here's another one. Her uh, her Patreon is a, is a pro follow because every month she puts out something called a phantom house, which is just one of these. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, let's go through them. Yeah. Uh, so I ordered these uh, in ter- uh, in the order that they were released. Uh, so she's gift a couple of months. But the first one here is Grandmother, which came out in November of 2015. Um, this one um, is kind of of the stripe that is more lo-fi, uh, as in more like chunky and pixely, as opposed to being a little bit smoother. Uh, and also your cursor is on the screen. So it's a little bit more adventure gamey. Um, a little bit like realms of the haunting or something where your movement mm. and the cursor are separate. Mm-hmm. Um, th- something that happens here that I love uh, that she does a lot in games is start the player facing away from what they're supposed to do yep. or start the, the player faced in a corner. And it's just <laughs> such a like cool way that like, and we, this uh, comes up with, I'm scared too, but like one of the things these games have in common, except perhaps, you know, excepting perhaps like lost consolation is they feel like they've kind of break the rules mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's a great way to kind of evoke horror. Yeah. 
you know, starting, you start with this with your back to the house that you need to go to first to accomplish the goal. You know, it's like, you know, fuck one, one in super Mario brothers. Yeah, no, like you know? I'm going to, I'm going to point you to a useless barn and like this useless yep. barn is going to exist just to have some spooky sounds and to be dark. Yep. That's a big thing that she does. That's on offer right here from the start. Another thing is that the environments are always so much bigger than they need to be. Uh-huh. Um, you can, if you just choose a direction and go, you can go for a really long time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and there's just nothing out there. Yeah, just woods. You, know, you just get, you know, you can walk into the woods and it's it's spooky. Like mm-hmm. the music is spooky. The kind of just ambiance is spooky. A bunch of the trees from any kind of distance look like they have tentacles. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's just nothing out there. Like everything you do is this one little section of woods that's kind of near the house, the house yeah. and the barn. Yeah. And because, you know, like if, if you know the mode that she operates in, it's very difficult to know, like, is this the game? Like, is this yeah. is, like, is this forest what I'm supposed to be here for? It's yep. it's tremendously unsettling. Like, I can very easily imagine the use case where somebody would say, like, yeah, that's just frustrating because it's aimless or whatever. If you're in the mood for it and down for aimlessness, uh, then, yeah, that is a very, very good uh, kind of attack that she takes. It's um not knowing whether there's a thing to do or not. Like, it's something I, I find varies in its effectiveness a lot across the works. Mm-hmm that we're going to talk about. So like something like um, later on, we get to something like monastery. Like there's a lot to do in monastery. Mm-hmm. Monastery is the most recent one. And I think is, has the worst control scheme yeah. and the one that I felt less like I didn't, I didn't actually get to the, the quote unquote like ending of that. Neither did I. Uh, I, I don't know that it has one. It does. Okay. Like I, I, when I was researching and stuff, I watched it. I mean, not the ending, but it went further than I went. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can explore more than I did. Um, and part of that was just interface, yeah. like shitty interface with that. So like, it is cool that you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. It's kind of the, the uncool part is for our purposes when we're trying to explore them. <laughs> the nice thing is if you're just playing it for fun, like you can end whenever you want. Yeah. You know, like if you don't find out the secret, you know, a Pente, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You still got to experience this weird kind of mood. Yeah. You know, are you there? Um, so in grandmother, you know, you start on this forest, um, there's a barn, but you can't really do anything with it. You have to go into grandma's house. Um, where she is, uh, there's very peaceful, uh, music and she is setting, facing, watching, uh, static on a TV. Yeah. Um, if you turn off the TV, the music stops, Mm -hmm. which is great. And you can hear her breathing. Yeah. And the great thing you have to do is when you you have to face a TV to do that. And then you hear the breathing and you have to turn around to get out, (laughs) uh, to face her, which is, it's super dark. Yeah. Uh, there, it's this great little moment of like, and nothing happens. She, grandma is inoperable as far as I know. Yeah. Great. Grandma. There's nothing you can do with grandma. I don't know. Grandma is just a lump of pixels shaped to suggest the form of an old woman, um, Mm -hmm. kind of fused to her chair. (laughs) But just Uh, that, that hearing her breathe, this like labored breathing mm -hmm. behind you is just like such a good moment (laughs) uh, that like, it's just really scary. Yeah. Um, also very good. You can go into the next room. There's a book that will give you like random little storylets out of it. Yeah. Um, explicitly like kind of her commonplace book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and her style of writing is very elliptical. Um, but I think very, um, percussive, Mm -hmm. right? Like she, uh, is very good at like, I guess commonplace book is a very good way to put it. Like just a small, small little snippets of poetry almost that evoke a bigger idea of like a mm-hmm. horrible imagery of a horrible image or a uh, situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. And you can pick up a knife. Yes. Uh, that's what you have to do. The knife is in another room. 
when you go into that room, it's pitch dark and there's no lights and the knife is on a like a desk that's glowing for some reason. <laughs> you just turn and you just see a red glow. You go towards it, and you pick up the knife. And again, you have that feeling you have to turn around after you do something like that. <laughs> like, you know, Lifetime of Video Games expects me to, something to be there and it's not. No. no. Um, you can't kill grandma. You can't kill grandma with the TV off. You have to go out into the woods where you find that uh, people who have committed certain sins have been uh, hung up. Yes. It's like a, so like a gallows. Yeah. Yep. So there's like a murderer. There's, um, uh, boy, what's the other one? There's like a, gr- it's a grifter or something like that. There's like different, you know, different, uh, different kinds of verbs you can do yeah. and be a criminal, different sins, essentially. <laughs> uh, so you use the knife on whichever one you choose. I killed the murderer. Um, and mm-hmm. this caused uh, just monotype um, font, the word feast to appear on my screen over and over again, filling it up. Mm-hmm. And these aren't different. I tried it with the, the different ones. You don't get different things. Okay. Depending on which one, which I, I thought you, you would, but you don't. Yeah. But a screen full of feast is very good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, yeah. And then you get, uh, uh, this opens up a door near the barn. When you go near that, you get the, the pop-up message. Like when you hover over, enter each of the terminus, <laughs> you enter that and you go through like a quake looking tunnel, uh, through that for a little while until you end up in this, like, floating suspension bridge over waterfalls of, of skin and blood and liquefied flesh mm-hmm. with weird, strange obelisks sticking out of it. Yeah. Uh, this is great. This is a, little, a nice little bit of controller interface horror. You've been able to move freely um, outside of this and this, you can only move forward. You yeah. can't move backward. You cannot look. You are just going, you're just walking inexorably until even the floor goes out beneath you. And then yeah. you're just hanging in the air and you walk until the game crashes but not before it says <laughs> like uh, almost like gratuitously, but still creepily. I know which house is yours all in lower text, all one word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and that's it. That's the game. So it's like one of the least literal, you know, ones of putting, putting together what the actual story is, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just, you don't need it. You just got through the thing and you had a spooky experience. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> you know, yeah. super cool. Uh, after that, uh, the next one is Pente. Uh, December 2015. Uh, this is much a little bit more high fidelity. Yeah. Uh, more 3D. It's still not you know advanced looking, but much more so. Yeah. Um, and you are outside of a temple. Yeah. Um, going through and checking out their gigantic swords uh, <laughs> stuck into the ground, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, going through and there are these uh, kind of benches set up to observe certain things where you can you can click on plaques mm-hmm. that cause uh, words to appear on the ground in the air. Yes. Um, and when you, when you do that, you get um, kind of these bits of a story about a woman, this priestess or this hero um, uh, who eventually was carried off and thrown into the well of howls. Yes. You know, and it's presented. The music is very relaxing. This is presented as a like a ritual mm-hmm. um, in a very positive sense. However, when you go into the temple, um, check it out, which has kind of weird geometry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's empty, but it has uh, odd looking dead ends and such. When you go back out, everything is red and spooky. <laughs> and when you uh, several of the altars have been smashed. Yeah. And when you uh, find one that you can work on in uh, in text that you get these different things like it hurts so much. Where are they taking me? Essentially, you know, telling the real story. Yeah. Like you know, this, of her this final is one moments. that tells. Yeah. This one tells like a story. Yeah. You know, the... this, this religion, this very bright and positive thing where it was kind of set up in tribute to this person what something actually terrible has been done to you. Yeah. That's uh, it, it, it is not the final words of Joan of Arc as we know them. It is the final words of Joan of Arc, which are, ow, please stop burning me. Yeah. Mom. <laughs> you know, Mom. You know, like, like that kind yeah. of thing. Like it's just, a, you know, really, you know, very, very dark. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing to do up here. So I fell off the end and you can end up on an island full of obelisks, which <laughs> I could not find anything to do on either. No, you're just trapped in this purgatory until you decide to close the game. As far as I yep. can tell, I looked at other videos. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. Like there may be, there's not really a strong wiki presence. This is stuff no. that's hard to look up. So like with these, you know, I did the best I could at the time mm-hmm. to get through them. But So there might be more to this. But as far as I know, this one doesn't really need more. This tells a fairly complete you know, kind of story or, or situation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like like one of those commonplace book microfictions. Yes. You know, but you play through it. Uh, this one, I like this one a whole lot. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it's real good. Um, I also like Leech Bowl. Me too. Uh, quite a bit. So this was January 2016. This is you exploring this kind of abandoned, um, like, Rust Belt kind of town is what, it's, uh, is what it's called. As you walk the different streets, there's First Avenue, but there's also, like, Spudum Lane. <laughs> yeah botfly lane it's like yeah. it's a lot of parasites yes um but yeah it is a black and white industrial city but there are red accents uh my favorite part of this is when you go into the convenience store all of the posters that are around um yeah <laughs> yeah there's a convenience store there's a bar as well you can go to where you can see this stuff and it has it's doing a little bit of that like um cheerful mid-century fallout thing yeah yeah like uh, yeah. um uh, propaganda the but uh like actually overtly disturbing propaganda as opposed to just you know actual propaganda which is disturbing on its own right, um, right. but like just uh, all these messages are about uh meat and pus like uh, one of them says meat it's what you're made of keep that in mind i, yeah. I love keep that in mind as a call to action for propaganda <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Very gentle. Um, yeah. And another one says, No child can resist the glory of the holy pus. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Very nice. Uh, very cool. Essentially, what you have to do here, so you can go around and there are uh, uh, crates of eel blood or uh, uh, not eel, leech blood. Yes. Um, you know, blood that, like, that has been sucked out through leeches in things, and you can throw them up against walls. Uh, that can reveal scary messages sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, these all come with like a readme that tells you what you should be doing. Yes. It's just kind of start off. And this just has that. Um, however, if you keep exploring, eventually you can find, uh, if you get into that store, you can get a key, which you can then use to open up this farm yeah. uh, to go through this farm to get into this back alley. <laughs> yeah, it just warps you back into the city. But uh, there is a siren going off. Uh, there are flashing red lights. And a lot of the lanes are blocked by these huge pulsating things yeah uh, like leeches i what one per one presumes yeah. <laughs> yeah probably otherwise it's a bad name for a town yeah <laughs> you know um you get uh now that you can do this you can actually go to the power plant we've seen those they have a different kind of color scheme than everything else mm-hmm. they stand out in a really cool way yeah and uh when you get there um you get a little message on your screen that says feed them leeches little girl and the game crashes <laughs> uh, and as far as i know that's the the total end yeah um this is this game is in canon this is referred to in another game. Hmm. So there's a little bit of the uh, Kitty Horror Show extended universe. Nice. Uh, thing, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I, I, I love the, uh, the ambiguity of feed them leeches, little girl. Uh, yeah. So like, oh, okay. So feed them leeches. Okay. Like, so I'm feeding somebody leeches or feed them leeches, little girl. Yeah. <laughs> feed them, feed them leeches, rawhide. Um, gloom puke is the one of these that i think is the least explicitly horror like this is really yeah this this is my least favorite by far yeah Uh, i I I don't don't think i i don't think i like the horror show sense of humor very much yeah like and that's what this is you know like gloom puke already is feels like something that should be scrawled on a notebook from like on beavis's notebook (laughs) right 
you know? Um, and this is a, like a comedy game as far as I can tell. Yeah. Like maybe there's things to it, but the interface to this, and again, the, this came up again with monastery is somehow like much worse mm-hmm. than the old ones. Like these ones, there's all these animal headed creatures in this kind of, and the music's kind of goofy. You go around and they have kind of fun dialogue. Um, but their dialogue and the box that their dialogue is in mm-hmm. are both separate objects Yeah, and that the... appear in the world at like different spaces. So it's very easy for the, them to overlap and make it difficult to read. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. Like I tried a couple of different uh, resolutions as though, you mm-hmm. know, like maybe it was pinned to something else. No, uh, just a good deal of the dialogue was unreadable for me. Yeah. yeah very annoying. And that you can't skip through dialogue to go faster. Right. And if you try, you can sometimes accidentally talk to somebody uh, which makes you have to sit through their like intro spiel again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and none of it's that funny. No, no. Like there's, there's one thing that I, that I, that like really laughed at in this, which was, uh, which was queen Margaret. Uh, the horror thing in this is, uh, you can ask each of the people what you look like. Uh, Hmm. you're given just like a small little poetic thing. Like the one that I wrote down is you, you know, you look like a shawl made of spider webs draped over, uh, the head and shoulders of a woman. Uh, one person said you look like a floating torso made of um, uh, made of a bee's nest, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, which is which is fine. Yeah, like even that, I would rather have somebody write about that in a way that is supposed to be spooky. Yeah, as opposed than, to done for corpse world comedy. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. corpse world comedy is a good way to put this. Yeah, you know, and I didn't. There might be an ending to this. I just went and checked out a couple different places, and then yeah. was like, "Fuck this, I gotta go." Yeah, uh, yeah, I got my mom's calling. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta go in the parking lot. A um, dollar for a slurp. The thing that <laughs> a dollar for a slurp. Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, Queen Margaret. She uh, she is in Gloom Puke Castle. She's an alligator woman who is very angry that her throne is too big. Nobody will take her seriously because of her big fucking chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just laughed because there was a swear in it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it reminds, it's actually like, it, it's interesting. Like I'm a little bit further into night in the woods and I'm liking it more than I liked it when I first started. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of that to this though. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of like, um, a little bit of the, this, this tone that feels very teenagery to me. Yeah. And maybe I just don't like teens anymore now that I'm not a teen, mm. you know, maybe I'm just past teens, <laughs> you know, but there's a certain like kind of this humor that reminds, it's like, it's like a nihilistic teen humor mm. to it. It feels like I knew a guy in high school who was very much this, mm. you know, like the, this, this would be like 100% their jam. Yeah. You know, and it's just, uh, yeah, this is, I just didn't work for me. Like I do not like this one. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Cause the next one's good. Yeah. I like Scarlet. Wow. Uh, yes. This is, this is uh Katie horse shows explicit, uh, tribute to silent Hill, <laughs> uh, the, the town and franchise. Yes. Uh, yeah. like so this a- is a Scarlet bow. Yeah. Um, you can even see like the, the, the sign that welcomes you to Scarlet bow looks like, uh, looks like the silent Hill sign. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is a spooky shoreside town. Uh, you know, you can go to a dock that has a lake, uh, but you know, the town is empty and, um, something that sets the tone, the, the nearest building to you is a mortuary. There's a note, um, that outlines the level of coastal aggression they have been experiencing recently. And then there's a big long list of body parts, uh, that have washed up on shore and it ends ominously with 68 days since last sighting of shivering pillar. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. Feed so it so me. real good. Um, you're just exploring and what you're and kind of the meta thing while you're doing is breaking mirrors. Yeah. Uh, going through and breaking mirrors in these different houses. That's what kind of sets the, the end game or whatever the world state change. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of lots more documents in this one. Yeah. 
you know, that you can go kind of go through and learn about this town and kind of just a general, a little bit ill-defined spooky thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's taking over this town. It kind of points in a lot of different directions. Yeah. You know, so you have the the thing from the coast, you have the, the shivering pillar, you go through, there's a, a note where somebody says, you know, put your ear to the ground so you can hear her roots, <laughs> um, you know, and when you go into town, a bunch of them have kind of these organs. Yeah in them like they look like just like large like kidneys or livers or something like that yeah or tongues something yeah. like that i have no idea uh but they're yeah. like they're almost like secret away secreted away in these closets like they're mm-hmm. like weird little dark secrets that the townspeople are keeping mm-hmm. yep um and this is uh as you do so as you're picking up breaking these mirrors it causes this tree in the middle of the uh of the area to grow yeah um once you've broken all the mirrors you can and you go towards it it does this world state shift into this red version style like dark world mm-hmm. i love the um man version would have been a really good one for this actually. i totally forgot about it me too <laughs> I, I just yeah I, I remembered it when i was uh like doing research on these and yeah that would have been great because it's yeah. a really doing that in a genre that is not just explorer mm-hmm. which all of these are to some extent right yeah. like um is, is pretty interesting <laughs> yeah um i love the way that the tree getting bigger articulates because you're probably not going to notice it um until like you've broken two or three of these things Mm-hmm. Um, but it eventually yeah. like just like a, the the canopy overlays the entire town pretty much yep pretty great mm-hmm. but yeah so uh, you go into that shrine and then the ending text is i give you this portent my roots are bladed tongues the old tunnels fill with veins pox is narrowing his gaze again just menacing spooky stuff yep and and no literal meaning just a, yeah. a scary town that's having a bad time <laughs> uh you know, but, you know uh, the tax base is dwindling yeah. a lot of brain drain going on yep the, uh, well, by the, which but, I mean the, the the drains are clogged with brains. Yes, yeah, and the brains are being drained mm. uh, of like fluids and just kind of tubes. Like they're yeah. unraveling them like they're an intestine. Yeah. You know, all the all those cords and loops are actually becoming just one big long line. Yeah, um, like a like a like Weezer's sweater song. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So this this is really so as much as this is kind of aimless. I think this is as uh, like I guess like a weird thing to say, but as mechanically sound as they get. Uh huh. So like other ones that had mechanics, like Leech Bowl, which is really fun. We didn't really talk about this, but when you're throwing those uh, bottles of blood, uh, when they hit a wall, it just kind of it, it does like a Team Fortress 2 spray yeah, yeah. against the wall. And it's just kind of janky. This one feels much more coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how mirrors break. But that's how mirrors break sometimes in like big games, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so this and then Rhodes is the next one, which is also, I think, very coherent, but it's not a it's not scary. No, no, uh, it's more sweet yeah. than anything. Yeah, the, yeah, and it is. It's a very sweet game. Like, I like Rhodes a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it's a, it's a sweet game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Rhodes, uh, done in February 2017, you're on this kind of series of islands at sunset or sunrise. Who can tell? Um, mm-hmm. And these islands are connected uh, by these kind of twisting roads, you know, highways that uh, kind of spaghetti up into the sky. Yeah, like floating like rainbow roads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going through. And they have different things. It's a little bit like the game part of this that's kind of interesting is you'll see a landmark. Mm-hmm. and you need to figure out which combination of roads. It's a lot like um, the Great Hollow. Yeah. Uh, so you have to find out like which road you should be on, where you, where you can drop off onto a road that will get you to where you need to go. Yeah. So it's a little bit like those. Um, it's like a Professor Layton like, looking at a knot mm-hmm. and untangling it without actually untangling it. Yeah. Um, but you're going through and you're finding bottles, which cause this uh, verses of this poem to appear in the sky that is this love poem between two women. Yeah. And it's just kind of this uh, this the, this tender moment writ large. Yep, and, that, and that's really it. Yeah. Like, if there's more to this, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It's very beautiful. Yeah, like, extremely it's a, it's a good pretty. Good poem yeah. and and just a really pretty game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and and 
really quick to experience and really nice. Yeah. Something about these smooth ones, um, you know, like there are the chunky ones that uh, that uh, look a little bit like Doom or like, uh, I don't know, Ultima Underworld, something like that. You get these smooth ones that remind me of like some of the more kind of surreal landscapes in EverQuest, which is a uh, an explicit uh, touch point that she references in a few uh, interviews that I've seen. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I am 100% here for it. <laughs> for for that level of fidelity in a, in a 3d space and that sense of loneliness and wandering yeah it looks neat it definitely looks neat yeah um there uh moving on to the, the final one we're gonna talk about which is one I, I didn't like very much but i think there's probably something cool here i just didn't get to it yeah same. Uh, which is monastery um which is you exploring a monastery yeah um the thing here that i don't like is that i can't look up and down yep and you need to um like the progress i didn't find this out when i was playing like i just went through and got a little bit of the story there's a monastery. It's dealing with cicadas. Yeah. Um, these, these monasteries, uh, they, they, you know, ate bugs. There's all these things about cicadas lifestyle, like what it is to tear a bug off and like, its arms rip out because it's holding on to something that it loves so much. Yeah. You can go into the courtyard and it is, you know, just a thousand different variations of cicada dot wave, like played over each other. <laughs> it's really spooky. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, well I can't do anything. Okay. And I stopped and I went and looked up online and you have to get a key out of a chest you can't look down. That's what you need to do. Shit. I figured that yeah. might've been it, but I, I couldn't, the way you have to do it is you are too far away to interact with the chest, but you're far enough away to have it within your view mm-hmm. and you can click on it. Yeah. It's like you're opening it with a broom from across the room. You know, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. And I don't, yeah. it's like gotten the way of me being able to play it. And then I saw that I just got really frustrated. Like, Oh, well that's dumb. Yeah. You know, like if, if you're going to limit me to a certain Y axis, looking out like put the things i need to interact with on the yeah, next yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> raise it up so i can see it please yeah how i don't understand how that's controversial and i also yeah. don't understand how that could potentially be contributory mm-hmm. you know like how that could be like oh this is just it being weird or spooky or more unsettling and it didn't really feel that way mm-hmm. like this was a rule that felt like should not have been broken to me yeah yeah and i would have liked that because um another game that she has done is called hornets and you know bugs are scary I'm scared. Yeah. You know, I, there are certain bugs that you know maybe don't scare me, but freak me out. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to. I would love to read some cool fiction about cicadas. Yeah. Yep. Oh well. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the I'm into the premise of it, but I just did not get very far, and that's just going to have to be fine. Yeah. 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 Um, any final thoughts about Kitty Horror Show? Uh, no, no, it's interesting. Like yeah. it's all pretty good. Like I haven't played anything that hasn't been at least interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I am generally very in favor. Um, I think it's cool that this person has carved out the space. Yeah. Um, go and take a look at Hornets or Krizza, I think. Those mm-hmm. are like, like those are uh kind of more the things that are more in line with anatomy. Yeah, that's just yeah. cool. Anatomy is very cool. We both you and know, you uh have streamed it and mm-hmm. I was chat comrade about it. You can hear our thoughts on that as kind of a supplement. Yeah. This it's also just as a so nobody calls it out. There's also a piece of flash fiction that's included in the first compilation. Yes. Uh which I thought was annoying. And I stopped reading. <laughs> it's uh it's done in bmp files like it's like it open up paint dot paint files for me <laughs> yeah. and it's it looks like um you know boy like it's just it's it's blocks of text joined by lines in in front of um like you know just kind of abstractly yeah uh, f- amateur f- photography yeah uh f- f- photoshop filters yeah yeah i it, I just didn't care for it yeah it, it got know? it got in the, it got in the way of my wanting to read it and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's not a game, so I didn't feel bad not covering it. So. Yeah.
this takes us to Lost Constellation, which is a little bit of a preview uh, for next week's episode about uh, Night in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is it's considered not, uh, you know, it's not it's like a supplement is what they call it. You know, it's not a demo or anything like that. It takes place with some characters from the world. And I have not beaten Night in the Woods yet, so I can't say any other ways it might connect. Yeah. Um, other than that. But this is it is about an hour long. It is like a bite sized version of some of the tone um, of Night in the Woods. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So this begins uh, with a an old cat telling uh, its grand cat a uh, <laughs> ghost story for something called The Longest Night. Yeah. Which I the imagine is year. what, like December 21st, something like that, like yep. the solstice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it has that kind of never ending story, not never ending story, uh, Princess Bride mm-hmm. structure. Um, and you're kind of introduced to those characters, the young cat character uh, being the main character of Night in the Woods. Mm, okay. Yeah, being May. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I love the art style of this. This is yeah. a very, very pretty, fun looking game. Yeah, it, it's uh, so this that's the kind of the one of the big calling card things of this and Night in the Woods um, is that the art uh, and character design is by Scott Benson, mm-hmm. um, who is an animator and a Twitter pundit. Uh, who, who is a good, uh, you know, has been on bonfire side chat, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of friend of the show, um, who does art that I think looks like, um, construction paper cutouts. Yeah. Yeah. To me, like it's a lot of like kind of overlapping and animated flat shapes Yes, on top of one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, the just cut cutouts is, is, is mm-hmm. what at least we call them at the studio I worked at. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the music in this is also pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soundtrack is, this is really, really surprisingly good. And Scott does music and he didn't do the music for these. Um, hmm. that, that is another gentleman, but the soundtrack for both these games is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's a lot of the appeal. There's not a whole lot of game here. Um, there's a couple little gamey moments, but mostly it is just to, you know, see the imagery and read the writing. Yes. Um, there's a tone that's very specific to this kind of crew of, of, of people making this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of a sense of humor that like mostly works for me. Like this is, um, like I said, things are turning up for me in Night in the Woods. I think Night in the Woods has a really slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, things are getting better for, in that game for me. Um, this is a great, uh, this is just on HIO for Play What You Want. Mm-hmm. If Night in the Woods is intimidating to you, if you don't want to play like a, a seven or eight hour adventure game in this, this is an hour kind of distillation of that tone, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, a really good example of it. Yeah, this will sound derogatory, but a lot of the um, writing, <laughs> well, the writing style in this feels like funny tweets to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I'm down. I, I like a funny tweet. Uh, but yeah, so the story uh, that is being told is about this crocodile, this uh, this astro- uh, astronomer. Uh, I'm always going to mix that up. Uh, this astronomer who is going to the snowy mountain uh, looking for somebody. Uh, and there's this shaggy black cat who says, hey, you're going to die here. Mm. Her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this guy kind of comedy character that kind of goes back and forth as arch, you know, uh, morbid mm-hmm. in a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, essentially what you're doing here is you're trying to, uh, meet the, this forest God right here. Um, you get there, you get to this, this first kind of puzzle here. Uh, and the only interactivity at this point is you can pick up snowballs and throw them. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you in when you're moving, uh, there's this great little bit where you uh, hit these bells uh, <laughs> on your way here that are in the key of the theme song. And then they start playing along with the theme song. It's very good. Uh, and it's just like very beautiful melody. <laughs> um, I mean, this mouse, uh, you know, who wants to says like, Hey, if you can pray to the forest God you know, to continue, you don't know the prayer, so that's kind of your first lock and key puzzle structure thing. You need to go find that key. Right, right. This uh, this little mouse, he sits on top of like a totem pole. He is Father Patience Forget Not God. 
Yes. Uh, the next, uh, maybe the next landmark that you get in, in your search for this prayer uh, is so a shaft. Oh, good. It's worth talking about that, that maybe because the way that this works is really kind of unusual. Um, it's side scrolling. The world will loop. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't loop consistently. Mm hmm. So things are not always in the same place in relation to each other. Mm -hmm. But if you just walk to the right, you'll usually run into everything eventually. Yeah, yeah. Like the, um, it's, it's very strange. It, it feels like true random where you can walk, walk right from a landmark and the next landmark you see is that landmark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like in narratively in this, you know, part of the reason why the cat was saying, hey, you're going to die here. And I think the mouse underlined it a little bit um, is that uh, the forest God is stopping you from proceeding like the, uh, the actual trees are moving according to the wishes. Yeah. You, you learn that explicitly. There's this wolf who's kind of a huckster. He's in a shack uh, and selling coffins basically saying, yep, people die here all the time. And if, you know, if you want to pay in advance, I'll come scoop you up and then, you know, put you on a coffin and send you back to the, uh, send you back to the town where he came from. Mm hmm. And I, uh, you know, there's a little bit of joke, you know, like, oh, I have to pay it, you know, I don't have money now, or like, I have to pay before I even give it, get it, <laughs> can't, like, can't collect payment otherwise. <laughs> yeah, the puzzle part of this, you know, he has a fire, uh, in his his zone, and he complains about you lighting the heat out. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, what you have to do, this is kind of not intuitive. There, I think some of the puzzles in this are not particularly intuitive. Mm -hmm. Um, is build a snowman. Um, which you do by, uh, you can't just take your snowballs that you can throw and roll them up. You have to knock over snow from trees and then roll them. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, I feel like it's a little bit counterintuitive. Um, you, uh, once you build a snowman, you get to customize it. You get this little interface thing where you kind of create a paper doll <laughs> doll here and it will, uh, not a paper doll. That would be not useful at all. <laughs> um, but the, uh, and then it will, in the game, it will take that form. So you can make it silly mm -hmm. if you want to, you have to put a, a minimum number of elements to it, but it doesn't have to have a face to eyes, a mouth, all that jazz. Right. Right. Uh, the first one that you, that, that you put up, um, is the first kind of explicitly, you know, kind of horror themed thing, uh, which is, well, by building a snowman on this mountain, what you are doing is, uh, kind of attaching a ghost to it. Uh, yeah, and because yeah. you don't have a particular special item that's attached to a particular thing, it's kind of an unformed spirit. The first thing that it does is scream, what am I? <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and yeah, this is, and this is funny. This is, this worked. I mean, like you're a snowman and he just, he says, I'm just water and garbage, uh, <laughs> which is what snowmen are Yep. Uh, in case you hadn't thought about that. That is a funny, good observation. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so yeah, you have to make this and you've known that there have been spirits here, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of corpses, bodies, uh, kind of buried around. So like you knew that there were going to be ghosts essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one, again, one of the things I think as far as just an adventure game that this is a little bit frustrating is that arbitrarily, uh, there is this uh, Ouija board planchette that shows up in a tree. Yeah, yeah. This gets um, much you know, more it, frustrating later. Yeah, it just and just you've done something unrelated and something else happens in another part of the world. That's one of the like cardinal sins that an adventure game can do. Yeah, you know, if things change, if a world state changes with your no input, like time can pass. Mm -hmm. But if like you know this uh, item is not in this box until I knock on this door. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that happens a lot in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is, is frustrating. So this is one of those examples where this thing appears. It gets away with it just through it being like story and being dreamy weemy, but from a game perspective, I think that's annoying. Yeah. Um, um so what happens is, you know, you found this plan chat, uh, you build a new snowman. Um, it is more composed because I think it is like attached to a particular spirit. So like what you have done is uh kind of <laughs> raised and bound the spirit of this uh fortune teller who used that plan chat. Mm. 
Uh, and she she's here. She actually gives you gives you the answer. She says like, oh, everybody knows this prayer. It's the northern canticle. Um, and then, mm. you know, lays it out. And, you know, she does not have very many answers because she does not know how she died. Uh, and also uh, she was not really anywhere in the intervening time. She was gone and then she was a snow person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, once you have this prayer, you can go back to where the mouse was, but the mouse has been uh, has been replaced by the cat. The cat's wearing <laughs> the mouse's little hat, which is very funny. Um, he's clearly eaten the mouse. Yeah. Uh, the cat denies it, but you can now say the prayer and use this as kind of a teleporter to go deeper into the woods. Yes. Uh, deeper into the woods and up to the mountain where the forest god's lair is. Um, the, yes. the lair is presided over uh, by the god keeper, I think his name is. God tender. God tender, yes. It's like a chicken um, tender, but like way more expensive. Yeah, going to get him in a six pack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two, poly, two the, poly, the polytheism uh, <laughs> pack that we have in God tenders. Like, oh, man. You have to pay extra for dipping sauces. What the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, poly, polytheist size uh, it. um uh but yeah you you know he's got a blindfold on notably um he says like oh only important people get to see our god um and you can bluff and say like hey you know i'm i'm a i'm a dina i'm an astronomer uh so that's not important so you say actually no i'm an empress uh he will not let you let you pass because uh obviously an empress would have an entourage yes uh so this allow means you need to make a snowman entourage mm-hmm. you know so we've we've experimented with creating life already um <laughs> and this causes other arbitrary objects to fall from the sky yes or to be put up in trees mm-hmm. again that's the biggest problem with this i think yeah um you're just kind of annoying and you have to backtrack immediately like we just got to this area and we immediately have to go back to the area where we went to yeah it would have felt better if this area was just bigger and we found the things there yeah like then you know they wouldn't have appeared out of nowhere Mm-hmm. You know, and I wouldn't have to immediately just go back to an area I'd already been to. What I think is maybe what they're doing. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no. And and I, and I was going to say, like, and because of the randomness, uh, what ended up happening was I had to walk for a very long time before I even saw the first of these. That, yeah, that, that's a bummer. Yeah. I, th- I think what they're trying to do is make you revisit uh, people because the people you talk to have um, new dialogue uh-huh. when things happen. And like... There's something I can understand that because the dialogue is a big part of the appeal here. Mm-hmm. I just it feels I just don't like being kind of pushed towards it, yeah. I guess. You know, I, I I could see going back and talking to people in this game, but just doing it this way was I didn't think was the best way to do it. Yeah. If I knew where they were going to be, I would probably see fit to go and check them myself mm-hmm. when I saw that they yeah. had new dialogue after different stuff, you know. Yep, yeah. Um, but yeah, you go and find more of these artifacts. I ended up finding a dog collar and a lock. Uh, what did you end up finding? Um, I didn't know they were, they were different. Oh, um, yeah. So I definitely got the dog collar. No, I got a dog collar. They are different. I got a dog collar and a uh, trumpet. Okay. So the trumpet is just somebody who plays the trumpet and just speaks in like toots, <laughs> uh, which is cute, cute and funny. Um, cause there's an audio thing. And then the dog is a good dog who is a bodyguard. Um, who just barks. Yeah. So I had like a, an instrument and a dog. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I guess I didn't know that those were different though. So yeah. Uh, the lock uh, just kind of raises this uh, shiftless smart ass who undercuts mm. you. Um, but the God tender does not really notice it. Uh, what's funny about the dog, you know, it's like, wait a minute, a dog is part of your entourage. You convince him that he is uh, your Bishop. And long ago, he learned how to speak with beasts and because of his devotion, he can no longer speak to humans. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's different that you have different things you can say. You can say, um, so yeah, I said he was my bodyguard. Oh, okay. So I convinced him of that, but it doesn't, it's not one or the other. Like it says, yeah. 
it gives you there's only a couple of dialogue choices and usually you have two choices mm-hmm. um and they both move the story forward you know so it's like what kind of flavor do you get yeah 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 uh so the you know that once you uh once you get there you get uh he, he'll let you across he tells you though that the forest god is dying after a long struggle with this evil spirit called the hunter which is kind of this baba yaga figure mm-hmm. um you can pass through um once you kind of pass through the forest, you find this entourage with a, like a royal entourage, mm-hmm. a king, a knight, a mage, and a tuba player. Um, they're looking for the frozen lake of the forest god, and they say to get that, we need to burn uh, the arm of a criminal <laughs> or something like that. We've seen that arm. There's a fun little like skeleton hand sticking out of the ground. Whenever you go to it, you can say, hey, Ske- or, what's up, skeleton? Or like, hello, skeleton, <laughs> yeah. um, and talk to it. Yeah, you need to rip that arm off, burn it in the coffin store, and that allows uh, Baba Yaga to pluck you out. You're the hunch, hunter to pluck you out of the uh, the woods as you're continuing to walk. Yes. <laughs> so you end up in her grove, uh, kind of among these brambles. Um, the hunter is here. She's like a very large uh, rat or mouse kind of mm-hmm. creature. Um, uh, let me see here. To the north, there are these. Uh, she, she's talking about how to the north, there are these sick bodies that are frozen into the earth. And when they thaw, uh, the illness that they died from will spread. Uh, and kill us all because we are not necessarily immune to it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah which is cool. Yes. Uh, good, good horror idea. I always like the idea of alien things uh, frozen in the snow uh, that mm-hmm. will come get us. Um, but that isn't really apropos of anything. You know, instead, she just kind of exists here with her little shitty apprentice um, standing athwart the forest to God. And she says, like, oh, that's not really a God. Uh, you know, uh, it's as much of a God as you are. Right, 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 right. Um, so you need to uh, to actually make a snowman with a, a, a talisman that she has. Um, the way that I did that was you go through and you bang on her uh, weather vane. They hinted that. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't like when people mess with the weather vane. That causes the, changes the weather, so it allows you to build a snowman in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it also causes her to come out and uh, inspect the mm-hmm. thing. This is real janky. Um, you're supposed to sneak past her, and it looks like because it's from the side view, I thought you could hide under the porch. Yeah. Because that made sense. You actually just have to hide with her off screen. Like, she can yeah. clearly see you, mm-hmm. but she just doesn't. And yeah. then wait for her to to go into an animation where she's not looking. Yeah. To sneak in and get the uh, the talisman to build the snowman yeah. that you need to build. Yeah. Uh, if she catches you, um, she will whisk you into the brambles. She even has, like, a clue about that, whether or not she can see you. She says, oh, when things are in the brambles, I can't really see them. Yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, after a few times of, you know, failing at this because it's janky, um, you get some good dialogue. I like this quite a bit. I'm an astronomer. I'm an astronomer. Those guys are mine. Damn it. I'm going to survive this. Yeah. And the, you, you say that you can say that there. You can also say that to the cat at some point. Mm-hmm. And there's a really great thing where the cat says, uh, I bet that sounded really good in your head. And you say <laughs> it sounded good coming out of my mouth. Like, I, I, I like that as a comeback quite a bit. Yep. <laughs> like, you know. Some good way um, I said it too. Yeah, it's something to that effect. So you eventually get the talisman. Um, you can make a new snowman. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the the hunter's sister, and the uh, you know you, the talisman is actually your tattoo. Uh, the hunter shows up, and mm-hmm. they kind of have it out in a family way. Yes, yeah, like by practicing that necromancy, you you have raised this horrible family secret, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know kind of undone her with her own guilt. Yeah, is the sense that I get. Yep. Um, I did not go back to the forest god here. Oh, wow. Uh, not, not for any particular reason. I just, because the lake was available mm-hmm. at this point, And that's where, you know, I talked about going to find the lake at some point. Yeah. I think that the king's people 
said like what can happen there. Like it, you're essentially there to go talk to a ghost mm -hmm. and the information had come out that that's what my eventual goal was. And I just didn't think, I thought the forest God ended up being was like a red herring or something. Mm. So I went and went to the lake and said, so tell me what happens when you go back to the forest God. Yeah. So I went back there just because the path back was put, was placed randomly on my way. Uh, mm. So what happens is, you know, you go back and you say, I, I have information about what's happening with the forest God, you know, it's being poisoned. Um, and the god tender says, well, you need to, to deliver this yourself. Um, and you go in and you, you find out it actually is no god. It's just a gigantic owl with uh, kind mm. of um, ears or antlers made of uh, like tree branches that are stuck in. Um, and it's incredibly cruel and petty. Like mm. you, have, you have the option to say either you are sick or you are dying. Or I know why you're sick, or I know why you're dying. I said I know why you're dying, and it goes into like a bit of a tantrum. Like, no, I'm never going to die. You know, why would the god tender let me in here, or would let let you in here? You know, I'll I'll see him killed for this. And basically, what you know, what you do is like your character just upbraids this giant owl for betraying the only thing. Like, you know, you you think that you think that he doesn't deserve you, or actually, you don't deserve him. He's been loyal and good. I will only. I will only tell you the truth of what's happening if you if you promise if you promise not to hurt him. Yeah, but the Nick god the god still dies while you're in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I guess now I'm looking at the notes. I just going to the the lake. I skipped a lot of this backtracking. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't do it because I didn't want to. It's just that backtracking does feel kind of random. No. Yeah. You know. So I might I might have passed by somebody, but I just didn't check in with their dialogue or anything. I don't don't remember why like i wasn't checked out at this point i wasn't frustrated mm -hmm. i just went to the lake yeah yeah so um you can also talk to the hunter's apprentice who was in that shack uh you know she's gotten loose she says the hunter is gone you know and just gone away she's not what she was anymore ever since ever since she did what you did um but this this apprentice you know she was not there against her will she is absolutely very evil she says, I was, you know, uh, looking forward to the fact that nobody from where I came from would ever come for me, but instead I'm going to come for them, you know, and I will, I will dig up their dead and place it in their beds and make that town haunted. Mm. <laughs> she says, I'll give you one kindness. We will never meet again. So like she has gone off to raise hell. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's, and then there's a final bit of good dialogue because the cat places itself in, in your, you know, in your way. Um, ask you like hey what are you doing like why are you coming to this frozen lake uh you can tell it you know i'm looking for something that is missing from the sky you know i'm an astronomer if something is not right with the sky then something is not right with my world um and the cat asks are you sure that are you sure that it's here and you say i'm exhausted and cold and at this point i can't afford not to be sure <laughs> uh the cat says that's either very sad or very beautiful and your answer is it's very true yeah yeah, so there's a little bit of sense of desperation, even if that doesn't really come through. Yeah. you know, in the in the pace of play. Um, when you go to actually go to the frozen lake, um, this ghost starts following your reflection on the ice. Like you can see it in the reflection, but not in the real world. And it's this is your lover, yeah. of some sort. You know, it's not explicitly said. It's just kind of, uh, you know, you can you can infer it. Yeah. At this point, um, and you essentially are saying goodbye to yeah. this other astronomer and your lover, and kind of just. You know, it's this very poignant scene. Yeah, it leads you to the ghost star. You know, this, yeah. thing, this thing that you thought was missing, but actually was there the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's the, you they get the impression that it's something that uh, either the two of you discovered together mm -hmm. or that your, your lover discovered, uh, you know, that, that has been gone. Um, it's very sad. Like, it's a, a very sad little scene. Yeah. 
You have yeah. this devotion to something you cannot touch. You give it a name and it gives you a name. Yep. Yep. And, you know, goodbye. You know, that's, that's astronomy. You know, mm-hmm. that's this, you know, being obsessed with the stars or being obsessed with anything really. Yeah. You know, that, that is abstract to, to that degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very sweet. You know, and that, that's how the story ends. We go back to the framing device where the grandfather, the kid, you know, who's kind of this petulant, impatient kid, you know, foreshadowing how she'll be in Night of the Woods um, is just like, you know, I like the part with the corpses and I like that, you know, she's, she's a lot like um, like Aubrey Plaza and Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, she says, well, is that constellation real? And he's like, you know, we don't know. Like, you know, did that story actually happen? Like, does it matter? Yeah. You know, what matters is you heard it. You got to make your own kind of choice about it. Yeah. And then that ends. It's very sweet. It's very kind of a melancholy ending for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like this experience a lot. It does. The gamey parts of it are not particularly good. Yeah. Uh, and not just, you know, not good in like, oh, I wanted to get more Kel- KDRs. I just, you know, there's some just like kind of brokeny things that I don't, that really feel like when I try to think of why they happened, you know, because uh, even though I also sometimes I'll feel like things are a mistake, but I know that's not the best place to, to start, right? Like if you're trying to figure out why things in a game you didn't like, mm-hmm. um, like what purpose could this be towards that maybe I'm not on board with? And I think it is just to kind of force you to see more of it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a little bit opposite of like my values, you know, things I value in a game, you know, it's, it's the opposite of, uh, the great hollow and Ash Lake and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. hide stuff and have the confidence to let it remain hidden. Yeah. Is my, is my favorite kind of approach for games as opposed to the player needs to see everything that we do. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't make all that dialogue mandatory. It could have been when I went to the lake, they could have said, I should probably check in on the cat. It doesn't do that, you know, <laughs> right. but just kind of the making you do as much backtracking past the things really feels like it wants to make sure you experience them. Yeah. You know? um, it felt padded to me. And that is oh, that, that that is always the argument it is the last refuge of the scoundrel to say, yeah. like, oh, you're just doing this to, you know, to, 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 to be artificial. You're fake, man. You're phony. Um, right. But yeah, just the randomness, just the randomness just felt like a, uh, a desire to put in loops and rep- repetition as opposed to having it be, you know, kind of a dense world that leaned on the, you know, that leaned on the strength of the sweetness of the writing as opposed to, um, you know, trying to, I don't know, accomplish, accomplish whatever it was accomplishing. Uh, which I guess was just, you know, forcing you to see the stuff. You know? well, and, and also like moving into, and this is a night in the woods thing more than is this thing. And like I said, this, you know, I think the game has a really slow start. I've gotten, I still haven't beat it. I'm more affectionate towards it now than I was when I first started it. Um, it really likes travel. Mm. Like it, it likes you walking through empty spaces without talking to people very much mm-hmm. and doesn't give you a way around it and just kind of likes it. Yeah. So it's intentional. I think it is supposed to give you this kind of meditative downtime. And I am generally not here for that. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's what makes everybody's gone to the rapture unplayable. Like, <laughs> it just don't make my walk speed slow and, and don't make moving around like slow. Like, I understand, like, enforced downtime is such a hard thing. Yeah. You know, like, it's a tricky thing to do. You know, I love rhythms of games where they have downtime. Like, I yeah, love going bro, and spending bro, time with you good. Yeah, breathers are good. Like, I want to go t- spend some time in Unatco, mm-hmm. you know, but just literally where I'm just kind of walking mm-hmm. uh, is just really tricky to do. And like, it's something that like, if I end up coming out of Night of the Woods and this developer is kind of output enjoying it, it will be in spite of that, not because of it. Yeah. I think that that does not work. And what you're spending is more than you're buying. For yeah. That. So, um, quick question, just more from a self-justification standpoint, in case somebody is asking the question itself, how is this horror? Um, so this is a ghost story. Yep. It is like more existential horror than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, 
you know, that kind of uh, this big unfeeling universe and trying to find connection within it where you can mm -hmm. uh, and recontextualize yourself within it. Yeah. So it is that kind of horror as opposed to the um, there's a creature known as, you know, the pale wonder that stalks the night, <laughs> that kind of horror. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that you said that. That was probably about what I was going to say. This is a fairy tale, a spooky uh, kind of Baroque thing that is, you know, about uh, assumptions being untrue. Uh, a little bit like the man behind the curtain kind of kind of deal. If I just came mm -hmm. out and said that, it would sound like I was being very defensive. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that is the idea. Yeah. You know, there there's a spooky things happen in this. Uh -huh. You know, but it is it is much more of a PG thirteen level in horror while also doing kind of a more adult horror yeah. at its core. Yeah. You know, it's not messing with form mm -hmm. like the way the other games did at all. Right. The other, there are two kind of things we covered so far on this episode have been about form. This is not about form. This is about content exclusively. And that content is a type of you know, spookiness. Um, let's go into a game that does both. Uh, we've got my father's long, long legs. I think in the lead up to this, we have just we've been calling it my daddy's long, long legs. Yeah, I think daddy's just on the on the brain, you know. <laughs> oh no, he's got hey. brain daddies. Yeah, I got brain daddies. I got <laughs> the cerebrum popping daddies. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish you would. Um, so this is this thing I played a long time ago. This is by a, a Twitter luminary, uh, Michael Lutz, who mm -hmm. is. Uh, uh, Boy, who is he on Twitter? What's his name? Um, I'll find out right now. I feel like um, I've he, seen him pop up. Yeah, he's yeah, he's everybody, you know, all the kind of games, uh, you know, games thinkers, people, you know, follow him and you'll see mm -hmm. him in your uh, Warren is dead okay. is, uh, is his Twitter handle. So he's a writer and game maker mm -hmm. uh, who's kind of part of that zone. Yeah. Uh, and also a Twine developer. Yeah. And made this game in Twine. Uh, and we wanted to talk about something texty. Yeah. Um, so for people who are unaware, what is Twine, Gary? It is a uh, kind of a hypercard stack style engine where you can make uh, you can write prose and have uh, different words hyperlink off into other paragraphs. Mm -hmm. It's like a choose your own adventure engine. Yeah. Um, oh. And different Twine games have different levels of uh, kind of mechanics to them as well. Mm hmm. A famous example would be something like Depression Quest, where your actual mood or options are defined by stats that are kept track of, right? Yes. Yep. You can have stats and things. This has a couple of graphical flourishes mm -hmm. to it and a maze that is kind of game-like that's not really a maze. Yeah. Um, but most of it is kind of begins as this interactive fiction piece at the beginning This uh, that, that's barely interactive and then becomes more interactive as it goes yeah. and just tells a good scary story <laughs> i think it is um, very good uh i was yeah. very, i was gratified to see at the end that uh that let's list junji ito as a um as a as a as an inspiration for this because it is written all over this yeah yeah this is extremely junji ito-esque yeah um yeah. so this is written from the uh point of view of a of a young young woman uh talking mm -hmm. about her uh childhood growing up with uh, her regular family, or so she thought at the time, and the, her odd, lanky dad who one day began digging in the basement. It's an old enough house that uh, had a dirt floor in the basement. Yep. And the the first part of this, kind of the first half, is uh, about the damage this does to a family in a bunch of different ways. No. Yeah. In a way that it's very easy to read metaphors into. Mm -hmm. So, like, the father keeps doing this, and he is growing and growing paler. You know, mm -hmm. he quits his job. They've always been destiny quits his job to dig. 
you know, essentially the house starts rotting, like there's something wrong. You know, things start falling apart. Yeah. Um, her mother is getting smaller and weaker and locking herself in a room most of the time. Yeah. Um, he gives shifting explanations for what he's doing. Uh, like initially yeah. said, Oh, we're going to put in a concrete floor down here. Have to dig it out. Um, and just, you know, whenever somebody asks, he says something different. Like yep. it's super easy to read like an addiction metaphor into this. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my favorite detail about this that just reads really true about like a family with any kind of problem is the the business with the brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts talking about how uh, her brother didn't really see a problem with anything. Yeah, because he know, was born was like, after the digging started. Yeah, so this is just what fathers do and would talk to people and they would get uncomfortable about it, but mm-hmm. he never really noticed. Yeah, he'd, he'd bring, bring friends over, over to see it. <laughs> yeah, come check out this. You know, my father keeps digging and he's, you know, just this seven foot tall, Yeah, you know, person who's you know, continuing to grow. Um, until he brings over a religious friend, the religious friend comes down the basement, asks father what he's doing. And the father says, this is not the real world. There's a layer of dirt caked around the true core of the universe. Once humans were giant, but now they're hunched over on an earth that has grown fat with our, the waste of our dead. Yeah. Uh, and the, the kid says, you're all going to hell. Yeah. Uh, and leaves. And then the brother is also traumatized. Yes. Um, so the kind of the first third of this is this, and the, the whole thing takes maybe 20 minutes to play, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, a, uh, it's a short story. The you get first, a couple uh, of options too. Like you can choose to learn about the mom, to learn about the, the past of the dad or the brother. Like, uh, the, like there's a yeah. little bit of a branch, but it is just like biographical information. And you're never going to replay the whole thing to get those branches because the, they're very minor. Yeah. You know, um, some there are also false branches in it where you can ask about things just in any order, but it's not, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so the kind of first third of it is just this family falling apart. This like really good kind of story that feels very real about being ashamed of your family, mm-hmm. you know, at home, uh, until eventually, uh, somebody visits <laughs> this fat man claiming to be their uncle comes in and wants to see the dad's work. Yeah. You know, and the, the, you know, they, he was told never to be disturbed. Uh, the kid, you know, you're the person who answers the point of view character. Uh, you're torn. You go back and check your dad. And the, the uncle is very pleased, mm-hmm. you know, just like you're doing good work. Yeah, you're doing it. So there's some kind of family secret or something where they all know that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, super spooky. Eventually, uh, the family all moves out. Right. Right. They you leave. They, they leave the dad alone and the mom gets better. Like when she's away yeah. from the away from the house, away from the away from the father, she prospers. You know, she, yeah. she, she, she thrives. She remarries, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, several years back, um, you and your brother talk and your brother convinces you to go back. Right. The brother says, I'm going to go back and maybe convinces you can say no or yes. If you say no, you still go end up going back. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but you can kind of say no or yes. You're going to accompany him. Um, if you say, uh, you accompany him, uh, he got there before you, you find his car. Um, it's cold and you get in again, one of these just amazing portraits of this house that's like been rotting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just really great. Like it's been uh, looted. You know, the door is off, is broken open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything that had any value has been taken. The couch is rotted and collapsed in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, from picking it from like a leaky roof or something. All, it's really great. All of the all of the upholstered uh, furniture is covered with mold. Like it is like yeah. grown into masses over top of it. Um, yep. And the brother um, is gone. He, uh, you know. You know, nowhere to be found. His flashlight is actually sitting outside of the basement. And in the first part of the story, as they were talking about, like, the strategy that the dad took in digging, at first it was just straight down, but then he started branching out and making it a little bit more intricate. Um, Mm -hmm. And down in the darkness, it's super easy to, like, trip and fall. Like, nobody would go, nobody would do that without having the flashlight. So something must be terribly, terribly wrong. Yep. Uh, and then it starts messing with the form here. Like <laughs> now we are in a, a game, you know, you are going through, 
um, you have kind of a maze and you can either go further in, you can go towards uh, the sound, you can call for your brother and you start keep hearing this chuffing of a, of a digging mm-hmm. uh, that's happening. So, and it can just continues to go and it's super spooky. When we say you keep um, hearing it, it's actually playing from your browser. Like it's an actual yeah. sound. Um, yes. And when we say, oh, you picked up this flashlight, you actually have a flashlight in the game and then there's like a beam that is showing against the back of your browser window. You actually have to reveal the text by shining it over it. It's a very House of Leaves kind of thing. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, you know, and you you don't want to have the flashlight on anything scary as soon as it appears, like as soon as you transition to a new thing. <laughs> you know, so I kept like pushing it towards the beginning of the text and just following the text very carefully. Yeah, you know, you you literally become scared of what's in the margins of the text. Mm-hmm. You know, here, which is just great. Like, what a cool way to create terror with text. Yeah, right here. Um, eventually, you find you wander for a while. Eventually, you get there. Um, and you start hearing someone singing, uh, you are my sunshine or humming it. Yeah. Uh, uh it's not someone, it is something very large, yeah, yeah. uh, that yeah, is unable to speak. Yeah. yeah. It's Eric once he gets the puberty. <laughs> Eric, Eric's drinking the puberty. shake. Yeah. yeah and he's, he's going to go, you know, can't wait to get his mushroom out of his pube house to go find some sliz. Like <laughs> it's, it's that, you know, yeah. uh, but it's, it's your father, you know, and you get, uh, the, you know, you, you end up leaving at this point. You know, that's the end of the game. You get this kind of post-roll thing mm-hmm. uh, where he says, you know, you didn't find your brother. Your brother's gone. You ran when you saw what had been growing there. Yeah. Um, you know, and you wonder if your brother had been, uh, you know, is also kind of co-opted into this. Yeah. And then you get the flashlight uh, on like, a picture, which you can then go eliminate the, or illuminate the legs, mm-hmm. which kind of look like, like Shel Silverstein drawing. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good touch point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, you know, they, and like you see the feet and they grow up over the top of the screen. So as he, yeah. dig, as he digs deeper, his legs get longer and longer. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. You know, there, there's no, uh, there's no explanation. It's not like really tidy. It's a really good horror story in that, like, it is very easy to place metaphor over it. Yes. You know, uh, having just recently watched, um, and this is no spoiler because it's the title, watching Hereditary, that kind of uh, using horror as a metaphor for the kinds of unhealth that we pass to to our descendants and in mm-hmm. families yeah. um, is very resonant to me, like right now. I think yeah. and that, you know, that is a really interesting kind of angle to approach modern horror because it doesn't feel, it feels relatable and real and literary as opposed to genre and kind of schlocky like you have to you have to work to put a, a metaphor on you know a, a slasher movie yeah you know um and the metaphor is cruel and conservative <laughs> yes. um yeah. you know you, stop, you don't have to stop work having to sex yeah. yeah the metaphor the metaphor is be a good person according to like your your parents values it's yeah. the opposite of this mm-hmm. this is saying you know your parents the things you get from your family are not always good yeah and can be this uh this albatross is actually like quite horrific yeah you know obsession man that's yeah. very good i want to i want to read more of this guy's stuff yeah yeah i don't know very much of it. i just know i really know him from twitter mm-hmm. you know and then uh somebody somebody asked me to to play this uh, to play this several years ago mm-hmm. um it was the first time i saw it and yeah. uh his, yeah, his site has a bunch of his other twine games and some of his uh short fiction stuff yeah cool stuff yeah oh. um yeah and that's it that's it. Uh, this has been micro horror um yeah so this is kind of experiment if you like this let us know if if this is something you you don't like let us know Mm -hmm. um by the time you're hearing this you still have time to write in i believe i believe so Uh, yeah so if you have anything to say about uh penumbra 
Overture, any of these games we've covered, mm-hmm. or Night in the Woods, please hit us up uh, by October 15th at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yeah, um, I, maybe I'm signing you up for something you don't want, Gary. Um, for the micro horror part of this, if you don't have any thoughts about you know the, the games we've talked about here, uh, but you want to recommend one, um, I'm looking for those. And if there's one yeah. that sounds really cool... Uh, but just, you know, keep the pitch short, say like, Hey, if you like this, you know, here's this by this particular creator. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for it. So yeah, I, I'd be happy to hear some in the response episode is a good place to, for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you have anything about, uh, to say about these horror things, that's October 15th. If you have anything to say about Hellblade or the Witcher three blood and wine, mm-hmm. that's November 15th is your deadline. If you have things to say about multiple games, please do it as multiple entries. Yes. It makes it easier for us. It's just a couple clicks mm-hmm. and it makes it way easier for us. Yeah. Duckfeed.tv slash contact. Um, mm-hmm. Also duckfeed.tv slash Patreon or patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Both of yep. those go the same place. Yep. That is uh that supports the network. That is why we are able to uh, do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of cool stuff for that. I'm um, including, you know, the ability this, this month we had a, a poll. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like, why'd you guys play Penumbra? Who's voted on? <laughs> if you want a voice that you get in at any level mm-hmm. on the Patreon, you get a voice in that. Um, and the more you are able to support, the cooler stuff you get. Yeah. Uh, right. New content, the ability to dictate stuff. It is all good stuff, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then ratings and reviews, talking about it on uh, message boards and on Twitter. Uh, those things are all useful. Going to DuckFeed TV slash store. Very useful. All good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I don't yep. know that I have any other huge, like huge call to action. Um, it's probably too late for people for people to book their tickets to Portland. However, mm-hmm. um, if you are coming out uh, to that show, I want to uh, encourage everybody: come up, say hi. Do not be shy. Uh, usually, uh, I understand. You know, people do people do have shyness, uh, but it, it always you know makes me feel a little weird when somebody says uh, like, "Oh, I I, I didn't want to come up." Don't be intimidated by us, please. Shyness is fine. Yep. And shyness will stop you from doing all the things that you want to do. <laughs> that that is not our our Morrissey esque call for you to come and have sex with us, <laughs> which is what I think that song is about. Yeah. But the uh, yeah. it is true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do 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 not be intimidated. Uh, uh, just come come up and say hi. Yep. Absolutely. Handshakes and hugs, and don't don't ha- don't have your feelings hurt when I reach for the for the hand sanitizer. It is for your protection as well. Yeah. And don't have your eyes hurt when he puts the hand sanitizer in your eyes. It works for <laughs> eyes too. It just doesn't say it. Yep. It's off label. So, yeah, it's off label. It's a hack. It's a, it's on the secret menu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do it eye style. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I have this blind style baby. Um, so in, uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Mm, they should watch out for a long, 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 long dog. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, um hey, hey hey Gary. Yeah. You ever shit your pants as an adult? Uh not my pants, but I've been not wearing pants and done it before. Mm, okay. Like I've shit a bed. Okay. Which was real sick. It's only happened once, but it really sucked. Yeah, no. That happened to me once. Uh not gonna say when, but it was in a car. It was, it was my mm. worst nightmare. That's rough stuff. Yeah. Has that car been impounded and crushed into a cube yet? Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, it did not actually like, uh, there, there was no containment breach. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there was no stain or anything. Like I still like hit it with woolite and shampooed it just, just, just yeah. to see. But yeah, it was mostly, mo- yeah. mostly contained, which is good. Yeah. Well, you needed, we needed 
additional training yeah from the the ultimate survival horror game don't shit your pants yep it is advertised as a survival horror game <laughs> yep and we are slaves to advertising whether we like it or not <laughs> um yeah so this is uh don't shit your pants is a uh short adventure game by the same people who did rogue legacy mm, cellar door games cellar door games uh you can play on congregate mm-hmm. uh, i believe it's all in flash and it is a text-based uh, parser based game about not shitting your pants yes <laughs> uh so it, it, it is nominally about that uh instead what you're going to spend most of your, of your time doing is finding the most creative ways to shit your pants or get shit anywhere uh except for the toilet bowl using mm-hmm. the limitations that are uh the, the, that are given to you by the parser yes and contrasting this with i'm scared this is actually a great use of achievements because <laughs> uh, these suggest uh the title suggests kind of puzzles mm-hmm you know, which is a good way to use it. So um, the uh, this is a text-based game. Uh, the funniest ones for me uh-huh. uh, specifically are if you just immediately say shit. I think that's very funny. <laughs> you have to type play to start, but if you just type shit. <laughs> well, well, not that one. I love that one, too. Okay. That's the meta one. But just when you start the game, <laughs> just being shit. like shit. God damn it. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, never put salt in your eye. Always put salt in your eye. <laughs> What's that from? I forget. <laughs> the salt uh, kids in the Hall. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Well, that's a great Kids in the Hall. The, the secret MVP of that Kids in the Hall sketch is uh scott thompson as the vp of the company doing the presentation oh yeah <laughs> and they just keep opening up on these uh these visual aids they're just incredible. <laughs> like, obviously this is way too small yeah you were just being like as you you know as you can see this line is going up this line we like less and it is going down yeah. you know just shit like that very good yeah um that's very good well, my favorite thing are the various gotchas that, that, that oh, will yeah. happen i mean I've, you know like if this happened in a longer game and you know they were just playing playing calvin ball with me that'd be shitty but like you know like oh you know okay so it'll prompt you you need you need to find a way to release the pressure um so you type fart like oh no you should have typed fart softly or fart gently uh because yeah. you fart too much and then the shit comes out yep you have a timer so <laughs> Farting gently gives you extra time on the thing. Yeah. Um, you can also look inside your pants and you have pills. Yeah. But the, uh, the pills like take a certain, it says these pills take at least 90 seconds to kick in uh-huh. and you start the game with 90 seconds and, and thus you fart. Yep. So the, the pills will stop you from shitting. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I also love, um, I also love just the, uh, the character in this is very good, very schlubby, mm-hmm. uh, kind of done in the, like a, what an EGA color palette. So his yeah. skin is purple and you know, got, got, got that whole kind of deal going on. Uh, but just the uh, the key poses that he does, um, <laughs> like if you, you know, so obviously the goal is like to not shit your pants. So if you take your pants off and then just shit on the floor, you've technically won. Yeah. <laughs> his, <laughs> his triumphant pose with his yeah. pants off with that pile of shit on the floor next to it. Yeah. Holds up his hands like he's just got a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> You know, super cool. If you go and sit on the toilet without taking off your pants, you can you can shit on the toilet. <laughs> so close, uh, but not, so yeah, far. So, yeah, not since even so close and yet so far. Just, just very funny. <laughs> uh, not a sophisticated person. I just think that's no. very funny. Um, the the one that I don't think fits that I don't like is if you hit like die. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. So, so you can kill. You know, you can kill yourself, and that's a weird. You know, it doesn't seem to be playing into the the shit fart. Yeah, piss piss economy that's going on here. <laughs> shit fart piss piss. Yeah, yeah. You can't piss. It says I don't understand piss. <laughs> me, me neither, brother. Like, it's like liquid soap. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But that's a that's a that's a must play. Uh, you yeah. can play through all the achievements in like six minutes. Oh yeah. 
the ultimate <laughs> survival horror. <laughs> it really is. Like it, it is probably the fear that I contend as a person with stomach issues. It is the fear that I contend with uh, probably most frequently. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, you know, the time, like I said, it has only happened to me once as an adult uh, and it sucked. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't again, not my pants, but it was uh, still not where shit should be. No, no. So uh, go play this. Uh, one day it may save your, save your life. Umbasa. Umbasa. <laughs> <laughs>